All right, so I've got for you today 100 reasons why Raw sucks. I just have to give a huge thank you to the elitists for coming in and doing these first 20 reasons with me. It's great. You know, I had other plans, but those plans fell through, and, you know, it is what it is. So the elitists here bailing me out, my lead heat co-host. We're going to do some uh, some trickery, aren't we? This is going to be like a typical elite heat podcast here. If you guys listen to the elite heat podcast... Some of the stuff we're going to say in the next 20 minutes is going to reminisce uh, of some of our craziest podcasts. Am I right? Well, Kevin, first of all, thanks for having me on. Um, I, I think this when you first told me about this video, um, I was like, I, I, really, I just want to be on this. Like, 100 reasons why Raw sucks. I think that's just an amazing idea. Because, <laughs> I mean, the show deserves it, um, as we'll get into. And we, we, we have 20 reasons why uh, out of the 100. So, it's going to be a stack of fun. The reasons on here... Some are just so ridiculous. This is going to be a blast, honestly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can't wait. Let's get to it. Yeah, reason number one, kind of obvious. It's three hours long. I, I, I would say that's probably the... No- I would honestly say that's the number one reason why people hate Raw. Am I right? Oh, God, yeah. It's, it's a Lord of the Rings-length movie every week. And it, most of the time, it's just not good at all. And it's just, Kevin, it's three hours, dude. Like, there's so many things you can do in three hours. And sitting there and watching a Raw show where, like, nothing really happens, just, bruh. It's, just, it's a terrible use of time, Kevin. It really is. Right. Like, we saw this past week, not even John Cena could save a three-hour show. This is what John Cena's, what, a 10-minute segment? And then you follow that up with, like, Jackson Riker yelling at Elias. Like, that, you just, John Cena can't save that. It's just too long. There's, you, there's too much filler. And, yeah, it is what it is. And then uh, reason two, it overexposes wrestling. When you have great wrestling matches every single week, quote-unquote great wrestling matches every single week on Raw, what, what makes these Raw matches different than the pay-per-view matches? Like, a good example is when McIntyre and Lashley wrestled after WrestleMania. He defended the title again. They had a great match on Raw, and then they have another great match at a pay-per-view two months later. What's the difference between those two great matches, you know? Yeah, like, this is the thing back, just to, to re- reference the Attitude Era and even the Ruth's Discretion Era, the, the matches on the Raws and the SmackDowns, but Raw especially, especially back in like you know, late nineties, the the Raw main event at most would be may, they maybe go through a commercial, but even then it would be like entrances before the commercial and after the commercial would be like a, a few minutes of action, and then some big shocking ending, and you'd be left wanting more. Like that's how they'd structure it back then. But now it's like, oh well. You remember a month ago, Kevin? I got a bit lazy and just gave Drew McIntyre and Kobe Kingston like forty straight minutes just to end the show. And they, had, they went three commercials and everyone just was bored. Like, you remember that? Like, it's just, it, it, it overexposes wrestling, Kevin. It truly does. Like, it's a, it's a perfect second reason. It totally overexposes wrestling. Yeah, it makes the wrestling matches feel less important. When you have, like, when you have great matches leading up to the pay-per-view between the same people that are going to fight at the pay-per-view. And there's just, there's too big of a roster for the, to warrant that. Like, when you have Ricochet sitting in catering, when you can just put Ricochet out there and let him have great matches on Raw every week with different guys... He doesn't have to wrestle at a pay-per-view, but you could do that, for example, just using him as an example, but yeah. And, uh, but even then, even then, like, the, the fact that they do so many of these matches, it just, I mean, overexposes the matches themselves, but it just shows the laziness, which, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about a bit later, but yeah, just generally, it just it's just lazy writing. It's lazy writing for a show that's way too damn long, so. Absolutely. And yeah, three, lack of entertaining segments. There's very few. There are few and far between. Like, John Cena comes out yesterday, and he cuts a typical John Cena promo, and it's like, oh my god, this is the most entertaining thing we've seen on Raw in two years. Because there's there's just so few and far between. 
you get maybe you get a good segment between Alexa Bliss and Randy Orton, like one out of like seventy segments they did in the last six months. But there's like Raw used to have like two or three good entertaining segments a night. Now it's like we're starved for them for months on end. Well, now Kevin, I mean, it wasn't a twenty twenty, for instance. Like what Raw would be would be the Edge and Orton segment. So the segment where they're either doing a promo together or it's an Edge promo or like an Orton promo. And maybe McIntyre would do just an interesting kind of promo, but it'll be nothing like groundbreaking, nothing super entertaining. And you just be left thinking, oh yeah. And, and the rest of the show is just kind of dead. And then you leave the end of the three hours thinking, well, what did I just do with my life? You know, like just the lack of entertaining segments is a big issue. And I get, this is hardly one of these things where it's like, oh, well, everything in wrestling has been done. Well, get creative, have fun with it, try some stuff, build on some characters, but, Sadly, Kevin, it's not what we see. Yeah, you're watching Zelina Vega like cut a promo on I don't even know like Roberto Carrillo in the middle of the pandemic. It's like wow, okay, it's, yeah, it's just generic wrestler A, wrestler B. I'm going to fight you. I'm angry at you. There's no no depth. There's no entertainment value to it. And then when they try with entertaining stuff, like they try to do, I guess PG edgy stuff with Riddle and Orton, where Riddle's insinuating that he's high. People hate it. Because Riddle has all these real life allegations against him, and, and Randy Orton looks like he doesn't want to be there, so there's just well, like well, the, the thing that that that's a great point, like with the re- generic wrestler A challenges wrestler B, like promos and segments, like you could give that script to any wrestler and have them cut the promo on any wrestler, and you wouldn't be able to tell it apart. Like there's nothing that differentiates so many of these like promo exchanges. So that's why the very select few, like your Edge, your Cena's. Even to an extent, like your Randy Orton's, like it stands out a bit. Not that not that most of the time they're overly memorable segments, but at least it's kind of something. But then again, most of them are part timers now, so even then, we don't get that. You know, exactly. Then yeah, we kind of passed. We kind of touched on this in passing already. Number four, no creative direction. Yeah, it's just okay. Bruce Pritchard hands hands a guy a script. Here, tell this guy you hate him because he's another wrestler and you're mad at him, and that's what these promos are. And then there's just. Like you said, 40-minute matches with McIntyre and Kofi Kingston ending a three-hour show. And then people say, oh, it's great matches, but that's not going to get people interested in watching next week. The, the creative direction, just there is none with Raw. With Raw, at least, there's none. Yeah, I mean, the direction... I mean, we kind of allude, we'll allude to this later as well, but the, literally the direction is to get through the three hours and just that's about it, really. <laughs> I, I, it doesn't seem like there's any other directive for double beer outside, I'll get through the three hours so you can make the money from ads and sponsorships from USA and everyone who's involved in your promotion and just get out of there and move on. That's what it feels like, at least with the writing, because Kevin, my God, That's the sad. amount of rematches, the lack of care, it's, it's, it's bad, my guy. It's, it's awful. Oh, it's awful. Yeah, then the reason five, there's no star power. Legit, the biggest stars on Raw are Randy Orton and The Miz at the current moment. The Miz in a wheelchair and, and Randy Orton. That That's it. They're, they're the only guys that are reminiscent of mainstream stars. The Fiend, yeah, when he comes back, he'll be a mainstream or kind of like somewhat of a mainstream star or he'll have star power. He'll bring star power to the show. But the women's division has no stars. There's no Becky Lynch. There's no Ronda Rousey. There's just too much Charlotte Flair. And then on the men's side, that's it. It's just Orton and Miz. Unless I'm missing someone. Um, no, you are. Well, you, you touched on pretty much everyone. It's like, <clears throat> that's the main event scene. Like, it just because SmackDown has the, all the stars. SmackDown has Reigns, Tribal God, Reigns. You've got Cena. 
I mean, Cena's done kind of both, I guess, but mainly SmackDown. You've got Edge. You've got Rollins. Like, that's, like, the main event scene. And then what's Raw got? Raw's got who you just mentioned there. It's like, bro, there's no comparison between the two at all. Like, you have McIntyre, but nobody knows who McIntyre is. He could, he would be a star if McIntyre was, like, around 15 years ago. McIntyre would be a huge star. But that's just not the case, unfortunately. And then, yeah, but reason six, this one I think is just perfect for you. The WWE 13 commercial. The, you all know what I'm talking about. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and watch this. This is probably the best commercial WWE ever did for a video game. With CM Punk and... I'll just let, let you take it. It's better than anything we've seen on Raw in the past at least four to five years. Yeah, so if you don't know the commercial I'm talking about or we're talking about, it's the one where CM Punk is like... It's like a political kind of rally. It, it, it's shot really well. Editing's awesome. It's like black and white. It's like grainy. It's like Punk is like the, the leader of the people and... You know, he's leading his cult and really just amazing stuff. One of the best commercials WWE's ever done for really anything. And that commercial in itself, the minute or two minute long commercial was, was exponentially better than anything we've had on Raw in the past five years. Like name me something on Raw in the past five years that's come close to this. What, the fiend, you know, screaming at Seth Rollins in the corner, Seth Rollins is crying. <laughs> what's come close to this They're having empty arena promos with Zelina Vegas calling out Correa like R- is Randy that it Orton Kevin carrying like, Alexa Bliss in his arms yeah Randy Orton vomiting black goo and then Alexa Bliss playing with a voodoo doll and Randy Orton like crying <laughs> in pain in a match his Bliss poked a doll and now his knee hurts like just Kevin this this W13 commercial was just like god tier and it just trounces anything on Raw in the past five years no debate, pal. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then uh, Reason 7, to keep it the punk theme, Punk's pipe bomb was the peak of Raw. And my argument for this being, we, Raw hasn't been as good since summer, the summer of 2011. In 10 years, Raw has not been that good. They've been chasing, trying to recreate the pipe bomb for years and years and years. Everyone does it now. Everyone tries to recreate the pipe bomb, and it doesn't work. This is, like, Kevin, this is perfect for you. This is, like, right up your wheelhouse. Kevin, usually... What's the phrase? It's like the first is always the best or like, you know, nothing beats the original or like that kind of thing. Like that's the, really the case of the pipe bomb because, I mean, Punk really did capture lightning in a bottle with that promo and created, you know, buzz and took himself from a good mid-card, upper mid-card guy to like a main event star. Like that's what that one promo did for Punk. And ever since we've had... Everyone and their mother seemingly attempt this promo on Raw Talk, Raw. It's everywhere. The I deserve better. Yeah, this guy's holding me down. Anti-Cena promo. I deserve better because I've wrestled all over the world. I've fought in garages in front of 30 people where mold's falling from the ceiling and the ring's about to collapse. I've fought in 30-minute bell-to-bell classics in those conditions just so Dave Meltzer can give me four stars in his Wrestling Observer. Like, all these promos, Kevin, they're just... They've been everywhere, but nothing will beat Punk's one in 2011, just generally. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Reason 8, Raw used to be cool. It used to be a part of pop culture, and it's just not anymore. This is the bottom line. Raw is just, Raw is just not cool. Well, not what it used to be. It used to beat Monday Night Football in ratings. Think about that. But, 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 but Kevin, well, ratings don't matter anymore. Kevin, that's, that's not important. Yeah. Kevin, Kevin. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I know. It's like, yeah. I mean, yeah, ratings, maybe they don't matter the same like they did in 1998, but Raw is just so uninteresting at this point. 
like it's just all the other metrics you look at social media youtube just you know Bro, an, irrelevant, an irrelevant show is an irrelevant show you don't have what metric you look at and raw is just like this is the issue like it's a relevancy personified but because it's literally the only show with any name brand the usa network has they're going to keep the show around for years it's a bit like the simpsons like it'll just keep going and going because of the name but nowadays it's it's a skeleton of what it used to be like raw nowadays is just oh bro it's it's fallen so far it used to be cool it used to be something that random like 25 year old like tradies would be talking about like they're they've got the tools at work that you know they're they're repairing some toilet or you know they're building some you know, new house or you know you're doing some you know work on the pipes and you'd be talking about what austin did to vince and it'd be cool in 1998 99 and now it's like what you think tradesmen these big tough blokes are going to be talking about how good ricochet and john morrison's last man standing match was in the second hour of a dead raw like, get out of here, Kevin. Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah, you're sitting around having a sandwich at work in the break room, and you're talking about wrestling. Now, Nowadays, nobody's talking about wrestling. You're talking about MMA. You're like, oh, you see that Connor fight. You're talking about the NFL. Like, the point being, WWE used to be on that level with, like, MMA and the NFL and, like, all the other quote-unquote cool things now. It's just so niche now. And, yeah, reason nine, Mandy Rose's Instagram is better content than Raw. This is an objective reason. Just Mandy Rose's well, Instagram. Just check out her Instagram if, if you haven't seen it. It's just it is more in, in, interesting, compelling content than anything on Raw. Well, there's not there's not a debate to this. Like if anyone tries to dispute that Monday Night Raw is better than Mandy Rose's Instagram account, you're just wrong. Like <laughs> there's no debate. Like it's, it's a Mandy Rose's Instagram pal. Like like what? Like you compare. Like something on Raw. Let, let's look at something on Raw in the past five years, Kevin. I don't know. Uh, a, a rematch between Dana Brooke and Shane Baszler for the eighth straight week. You think that's better than Mandy Rose's Instagram account? Like, get out of here. Mandy Rose's Instagram wins in a, uh, like, isn't it? Right, I'll, take it I'll, I'll, take, I'll take it a step further. Her TikTok, too, is, is better content. Her Instagram TikTok is just combined better than mostly. Yeah, but re- reason 9.5, reason 9.5, Lana's TikTok and Instagram is better than Raw. There you go. Facts. Then, yeah, reason 10, WWE puts no effort. We've already, we've already kind of discussed this one in passing, but, yeah, they, there's just no effort. You can tell. It just comes through the screen. They're just like, all right, here, we're going to do this last minute. There you go. Have a match, guys. Bro, it's like whatever they got to do to kill three hours. That's that's why I put it. Legit. Then eleven, they live on their glory days. They, they, the legends nights, bringing Stone Cold back, bringing The Rock back, hell, bringing Cena back. They just live on their glory days of Monday Night Raw, what it used to be. The Stone Cold stunning Vince, like we're still seeing Stone Cold stunning Vince, like what twenty years after it happened on on um, reunion shows. It's just they. Bro, it's, it's legit the same thing as The Simpsons. I mean, I, I talked about this a moment ago, but. Big boom in the 90s. It was the big deal in the 90s. Raw, The Simpsons, cool. For The Simpsons, it was Simpsons mania. For Raw, it was, you know, the Monday Night Wars. And then you, you get to nowadays. I mean, with wrestling, you mentioned it there. You've got Vince McMahon and Steve Austin doing Legends Nights, recreating Austin's stunning Vince for the 400th time. It doesn't really work nowadays because instead of Vince looking like a completely jacked, like evil like villain who's like 50, now he looks like he's 95. So it's hard to really care nowadays and it feels so forced now but like yeah i mean to finish off this simpsons analogy it's like nowadays and i'll do who shot mr burns part five (laughs) and i'll try and recreate the magic they had 22 years ago or like 30 years ago 
on that uh, that infamous you know mm-hmm. thriller finale. But no, they can't do that. It doesn't work. It's not the same. And they're just living on the glory days, Kevin. Exactly. Yeah. The reason twelve is so obviously a cash grab. You were you said it already. It's literally they just get they do the they get through the motions, do their three hours of time so they can cash their advertising checks from USA. That's all it is. There's there's no other reason for Raw to exist. They're doing it literally for cash now. They're not even trying to make good content anymore. Bro, Raw reminds me of just some shift worker who goes through the motions, does his job to like a poor standard, but the organization's too lazy to take action, and so he just gets away with it for just years. He like you know clocks in at. 8 p.m., puts in a pretty dead, terrible three-hour shift, clocks out, and it's like, oh, well, we'll just get out of that. No, nothing. What did the organization get out of it? Not much. Like, and then that you move on to the next day or the next week. Like, that's Raw. Raw, Raw's a shift worker who doesn't care anymore. Like, that's what Raw is. And oh, it's yeah. just... Exactly. It's you hate to see it. Then, yeah, reason 13, Randy Orton jumping out of a cake is better than anything the past five years we've seen on Raw. It, it just is. You know, you got strippers hanging out with Triple H. Triple H thinks that that a stripper is going to jump out of a cake. He thinks Ric Flair's bought him this like elegant stripper, and he's like, "Oh, you know, oh, I hope Stephanie doesn't see." Uh, oh, and then Randy Orton jumps out of the cake and starts beating up Triple H. It's just, it's, it's so bad that it's funny. <laughs> oh, this segment's ridiculous, dude. <laughs> Very soon, I'll get this um our reaction to this put on Elite Hate on the Elite Hate channel. But this is just. This segment's ridiculous. It's funny in hindsight, but like compare this to anything we get nowadays, it's, it's legit better. Right. Like, like what what compares to this? I mean, what Cena cutting a promo on Roman Reigns, sure, but then Riddle comes out and ruins it. Like, even yeah, when I, things are I, good I on Raw, for Kevin, a second like run. this, where you have like Bobby Lashley with strippers out there holding the WWE title, and then McIntyre jumps out of a cake. Like that would actually, it would be so bad that it, that people would actually want to see it. So you got Drew McIntyre, legit. Dude, they can do anything, dude. Like, this is wrestling in 2021. No one cares. So have fun with it. Have Drew McIntyre, like, when Lashley's in the ring celebrating the MVP and the strippers after a successful title defense, have Lashley, or sorry, have McIntyre have a throne emerge made out of swords like he's in Game of Thrones. And then Drew McIntyre's, like, threatening to, like, attack a stripper with a sword (laughs) or something. I don't bloody know. Have fun with it. You know, but instead, no, Kevin, don't, don't do that. Instead, have... What? Like, what, 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 what's the alternative on Raw, Kevin? You have Natalia and Tamina versus, you know, whoever's there for the 15th straight week. It's like, there's no, they don't do anything. Like, oh, Bobby Lashley versus Kofi Kingston, part six. Like, oh, oh, like Kevin, like, well. Yeah, this Randy Orton jumping out of a cake segment is horrible. But if, if you did it in 2021, it would be funny. It would, it would just be good. But yeah, so uh, reason 14. And you need a rotating cast. It's like the same five to six wrestlers every single week. Like you said, it's Natalia and Shayna Baszler going up against um, Liv Morgan and Dana Brooke or whoever. Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose for seven straight weeks. And you have all these people in catering. You have like Ember Moon doing nothing. Like why not just have Ember Moon come out there and like challenge Nia Jax or something? Like can we get just different characters on the show for a couple weeks? Does it have to be the same six to ten people every single week on Raw? Well, it uh, clearly does, Kevin, because, God, to, to get through that 8 to 11 shift on Monday night, you need to put out anything you can, regardless of how late it is, just to get get through that shift, get that money you know, get that money in the bank account and move on. Right. That's the 
That's the uh, the the savage truth about Monday Night Raw. That's the raw way, pal. The reason fifteen is boring. Another basic reason. It's just boring. You're telling me that you like you wouldn't rather play video games. Like you're gonna tell me you'd rather not. You'd rather watch Raw over like playing Call of Duty, or you could watch Netflix. You could watch Game of Thrones. Like there's so many things you could do over watching Raw. And then you try to watch Raw. If like legit, if I try to watch a live Raw, like I, I'm gonna be honest here. Last night I tried to watch Raw. For the whole three hours, because Cena was going to be there, it was a full show of crowds. I fell asleep immediately after Cena left left the screen. I fell asleep as soon as they did the Jackson Riker match. I slept through the whole show. I woke up and the show was over. That's why I didn't upload until like two a.m. because I had to re- <laughs> rewatch the whole show. I literally slept through the whole show. I was so bored Im- immediately in, like twenty minutes in. That that goes to show you the format of the show is munted, dude. Because that show last night, Kevin. You have John Cena making his first Raw appearance in literally two and a half years. You've got Karrion Cross's debut on the main roster. You've got Goldberg confronting Lashley. You've got Nikki Cross winning, oh, sorry, Nikki Ash winning the Raw Women's title. You've got No More Words making its return. You've got a bunch of other, like, you know, you've got Keith Lee returning. Like, that, that's all in one show. And even then, you fell asleep in 15 minutes because how badly it's structured. Like, that's, that's appalling. That's so bad from WWE. Like, that's terrible. Yeah, you get like who's gonna sit through Jackson Riker and Elias having like a twenty-five minute segment and then match? Who who is going? Who wants to sit through that? But whatever, I digress. Who, who's that for? What's what's the audience for that? Like, like I'm I'm a Elias fan. But I don't I don't care. Like like why? Why should I sit through that? Well, what's there to gain for any of us? Like, there's nothing. I don't, I don't even know. I don't even know what the gimmick is with Jackson Riker. I know he made some tweet about Trump like a year ago, and people tried to cancel him. That's all I know about the guy. But yeah, the reason 16, there's an over-reliance on Brock Lesnar. And what I mean by this is I'm not saying that Brock Lesnar, I'm not like, I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, Brock Lesnar's a part-time and he deserves nothing. But whenever, like, we've seen this throughout the years, the last, like, five to six years, whenever Raw is down, they'll bring Brock Lesnar back. And they'll have him squash some jobber, they'll have him yell at Michael Cole or bury somebody. And it's like, why, like, you don't have to go to Brock Lesnar every single time. Or if you're going to go to Brock Lesnar... You gotta have, have have him create stars, create people that you can believe in, right? Am I right? Like Brock Lesnar comes back and it's like, oh, we're gonna have him squash Samoa Joe, we're gonna have him squash AJ Styles, we're gonna have him squash this guy, and then nobody gains anything. It's just like, oh, Brock won again, and then it's just the, the rinse, wash, repeat. People love to see Brock, but it's just the, they they went they played the Brock card too much, you know? God, yeah, they do. It's like Bro- Brock's. I granted, obviously, I would play the Brock card in the moment just so we can get the, the Brock and um, Lashley match in fairness. But, like, yeah, legit. The, the, the Brock card got played a little bit too much, I, I dare say, in, like, 2018 and 2019. Um, I think the Brock card, when you have Brock against, like, Finn Balor, and you got Brock against just, like, these just randos, it's like, okay, Brock versus Goldberg's cool. You, you did Brock and Cena to death in 2014, Brock and Taker. Then you've got, like, Brock and Rollins, like, three different times. And, you're like, do we need to see that? No. Like, I mean, Brock and Rey Mysterio is cool. Yeah. Um, Brock and Drew is cool. But just generally speaking, WWE, this one's more so, like, a past five years problem as opposed to, like, right specifically at this moment. But, yeah, that, that, there's a bit of a Brock obsession. Yeah, sure. n- now is the right time to bring him back because he hasn't been around in, like, almost two years. So it, it would feel fresh. But it's like, oh, Brock's gone. He gets he got suspended for beating up a referee. He's coming back in two months, though. It's like, uh. now reason seventeen. Brock Lesnar killing Michael Cole on Raw is the last great Raw segment. So, somebody tried to debate me on this. That's legit. Like, have you been more entertained 
watching Raw in 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 a one segment than when Brock just came just beat up Michael Cole. Like that everybody loved that. The pop that got Brock became a huge baby face for doing it. It was it was a great segment in my in my opinion. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to think now of raw segments that can't like really come close to that, like objectively. You know, like I bro, this segment is the last great raw segment. Kevin, try and find me a raw segment better than this. What? Drew McIntyre being humiliated by Miz TV where the Miz is reading a bedtime story and John Morrison's dressed as a fat Scotsman. <laughs> yeah, that's really better than Michael Cole getting abused by Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar throwing Cole on his neck, like Michael Cole's shoe <laughs> flying across the ring. Like that was an objectively God-tier segment, pal. Yeah, that's a legendary segment. Um, reason 18, there's no Ronda Rousey. And it shows. Ronda Rousey was a legitimate star on Raw the past, what, from 2018 to 19. She was one of, if not the biggest star on Raw. You combine her, you have Brock there, you know, you have Becky Lynch there, you have Charlotte, when Charlotte was a little bit more tolerable. And Ronda really benefited. You know, Ronda helped, she helped everybody. It was just a win-win having Ronda there. She got people over, and she got, obviously, Becky over. She had good matches with Sasha. Like, having Ronda around was great, and she's clearly missed in 2021. Oh, God, yeah. Ronda's missed more than ever. I mean, like, this division without Ronda is legit just... It's Alexa Bliss dressed as a 12-year-old, Shayna Baszler screaming at a doll. You've got Nia Jax throwing it back on TikTok with Reginald. You've got Rhea Ripley promoting her Outback Steakhouse every week, losing to Charlotte. Like, what is this division, dude? Oscar's spitting green goo at people. Like, bro, get out of here. (laughs) Then, uh, reason 19, the Michael Cole segment where Jerry Lawler just, like, they were yet to like kiss Jerry Lawler's feet and barbecue sauce and all that. Like, uh, <laughs> no, we need, can we be more clear with that. We've got to explain this to the uh, loyal listeners of this uh, great hundred reasons my raw sucks video. The humiliation of Michael Cole, Kevin, was more entertaining than anything on Raw in the past five years. This segment where you had Michael Cole screaming in pain as Jerry Lawler has JR's barbecue sauce all over his feet. You got Michael Cole being forced to kiss and you know kiss his feet and lick the barbecue sauce of Jerry Lawler's like sixty year old you know grotty toes like that, everything about that Kevin destroys current day Raw pal. And you can even say the other reason. You can even go the other way and say this segment is the reason why Raw sucks because of shit like this. So there's just it's a double edged sword. It's sad that something this terrible is like better than what we get on Raw. At least there was effort. Yes, because people might be like, well, no, well, the stuff we're getting now, they're, they're, they're just like, what is this? This is a joke. What kind of reason is that? The humiliation of Cole is a terrible segment. All we're going to rule nowadays just, is, is dead. It's just boring. I'm like, disagree. This was so bad. It's entertaining. The stuff nowadays is just so dry. There's, you get no emotion out of it. Like, Kevin, you watched, you tried to watch Jackson Riker and Elias last night and you just fell asleep. Like, but this, the humiliation of Cole, you're not falling asleep during that. You're going to be engaged thinking, oh my God. You're going to be like engaged with what's happening. Absolutely. And then, yeah, the final reason that for you, uh, before we talk to you later on in, in the episode, of course, this one is just, uh, this was tough for you. I know, I know, I know. And it's a reason why Raw sucks mainly for you. Rhea Ripley lost to Raw, her Raw women's title. It, it, you just hate to see it, right? Kevin, my Outback Steakhouse queen lost her, her title to um, Ric Flair's daughter. It, it, it hurt to see. Um, that reign of Rhea meant everything to me. Um, I've got several posters of uh, Rhea Ripley all over my bedroom walls. I really did just 
it, it, it hurt me deeply. Like, it made my heart bleed. It, oh my God. it just, it was pure heartbreak watching my Outback Steakhouse queen, Rhea Ripley, lose that strawberry shortcake championship to Charlotte Flair there, John. Yeah, you hate, you hate to see it. I mean, she was doing such a great job, right, at carrying the Raw Women's Division. Was I sensing some sarcasm there? No, I'm asking you. I'm, I want you to, to get, you know, explain it. Tell us how great of a job she was doing carrying the Raw Women's Division. Kevin, you're lucky there's no face cam right now because um, I'm doing a massive people's eyebrow. That is complete cap. You are spewing sarcasm at me. You're trying to undermine and discredit the greatness of one Rhea Ripley from Adelaide, South Australia. I think the fact <laughs> that you're doing this to an Australian is downright racist. I think the fact that you're insinuating that she is not an all-time great women's wrestler is offensive. And so, Kevin, on that note... I'm going to sign off for now because that is, quite frankly, revolting. You should apologize to me ASAP and you should be canceled on social media. Thank you. Bye. Well, that has been the first 20 reasons with the elitists. Thank you, bro, for doing this. And I I apologize dearly for uh, even just leaking, oozing the slightest ooze of sarcasm. I I was... Kevin, you have offended an entire nation. Consider yourself ashamed. The the whole of Australia, Kevin, is going (laughs) to just... Spam your Twitter with abuse because of this. Oh you won't hear the end of this. Australia now hates you, Kevin. Just I so you know, it. Australia hates you. You hate to see it, pal. But yeah, thank you again, bro. And we'll talk to you uh, later on in the episode. Um. All right. So we got... Oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so, like, there's, like, reasons here as to why Raw sucks and... Boy, does it. I haven't watched very much Raw since we started making videos again. That's it. But the Raws that I have seen have literally been torturous. It's too fucking long. It's structured like autism. And I hate it with every fiber of my being. Wait a minute, Righty. I just realized we're not we're not on the Smarkbusters channel. Where the hell are we? I have no idea. We're what, on what some is this place. We're on some jobber channel. <laughs> wow. How does this be that <laughs> where way? are we? <laughs> I couldn't tell you, bro. Uh, Somebody tell me where we are. We are on, like Randy said, some jobber. Some guy named Bonafide Heat. Who's that guy? I don't know, man. Some some rip-off hack loser. That's who he is. <laughs> man. He's a great guy. Yeah, oh yeah. He's a great guy. I got both the smart buses here. Last time I did one of these videos, I only had Lefty. This time I got the Reister in the building, so that's awesome. Lucky you, bro. Right? We're here to bury Raw. So yeah, so reason 21 the Miz is a top guy. Just disgusting. It really makes me sick. Just make- How come every time I get on a channel with you, you have me talk about The Miz? How is <laughs> it that the first reason you make me bring up with you is about The Miz? Uh, you know, I, it's I, almost I, like I, you like torturing me. You love The Miz, don't you? Uh, yeah, he's fantastic. You know, he's got a great reality show. He, he's living, he's living the dream, guys. You know, he's got, he's got a cool, he's got a beautiful wife, rich family. He's got fame, fortune. He's got it all. He's got, except for one thing, he can't wrestle, and he stinks, and he's boring. <laughs> and he's not a top guy because anybody asked for it. He's just a top guy because he's like a fucking cockroach. He refuses to die. So just by just by virtue of the fact that he's still there. He just happens to have the most name value because no one cares about any of these other useless jobbers on the show. That's yeah. it. He's like, he's like the kid in class who just gets yelled at every day. And so you just know his name because he stinks so bad. That's this guy. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. If you would have told me in like 2007 that The Miz was going to be around 14 years later, I would have just like young Never me would have been like, it. what? How? 
Yeah, now he's like a multiple time champion. He's like a, I don't even know, like a, a two time Grand Slam champion. I didn't even know that was a thing. Somebody threw that at me. But <laughs> what does that even mean? It's all accolades that's going to win. Yep, it's all accolades that's going to result. Sorry. All going to result in him getting in the Hall of Fame while driving the ratings down. I don't know how that works. They throw out Grand Slam championships to anybody these days. That literally means nothing. Exactly. Yeah, then uh, Reason 22. Randy Orton is like legit. He's the biggest mainstream face of Raw in 2021. Speaking of, speaking of his face, why did his face turn into like a fucking cinder block? Like he, he got so old so quickly. He always looked the same. And then out of nowhere, as soon as I start watching it, he looks like he aged about 15 years. But again, like The Miz, this is another guy who has been in the company forever. And unlike The Miz, from the start, was actually booked to be a big deal. And yet, literally, since he was given mainstream TV time, the ratings have done nothing but go down. He's but never... If you build a superstar in the ground up, he looks like Randy Orton Merrill. <laughs> they said, you can't, how do they get off with a straight face telling you that these people are legends and they're this grand mark slam whatever when they have done nothing but drive viewers away but he's a 15 time world champion or whatever oh i guess that i guess i guess that changes everything you're right he's got you a lot of fake belts right. so that makes him really good yeah that's what people tell me all the time oh randy Orton's great he's a 15 time champion multiple time intercontinental champion tag team champion oh okay okay these people under like i don't want to just again like with the whole quoting vince russo constantly but like they're not actually winning anything when you get these belts <laughs> the, the writer of the tv show is saying hey you need to wear this prop out to the ring for a few months you're not winning anything <laughs> exactly somebody um tagged me in a tweet that had Orton and they, they broke down like the length of his WWE title reigns. And there was like, I think three reigns that were over a hundred days. And I'm like, well, you look at it, this dude's a transitional champion. There's like one reign where he had the, or two reigns. He had the belt twice in the same night. I'm like, okay. It's because of that Cena Orton shit that just wouldn't end. They kept trading the belt back and forth. <laughs> and then when they finally stopped shooting for the belt, they fought the entire roster together. <laughs> For the last time ever, when they unified the titles. And yeah. But Raw was dead up. even back then. Oh, my God. Yeah, speaking of dead, reason 23, there's literally there's no challengers for Lashley. He's beat McIntyre oh. three times. Like, who else well, is listen, there? Though, but Xavier Woods just got a clean upset win. See, anybody can win in the dead. As long as you got two hands and a fighting spirit or whatever. <laughs> That's what's beautiful about the WWA and wrestling in general. Anyone can grab that brass ring. Can you just imagine you've never seen wrestling before? And then you have a fucking a fat, disgusting, sweaty friend of yours for some reason who tells you, no, trust me, Raw's good. Turn it on and watch it. You put it on and you see Bobby Lashley losing a match to a man dressed up as a Power Ranger wearing a fucking strap on on his head. Like Bobby Lashley is a legitimate like MMA fighter, a beast. And he's losing to a guy that plays video games on YouTube with, like, Adam Cole. Right. And, and listen, I know, I know that not everybody backstage is a dick, and that's a good thing. Obviously, Lashley's a good guy. He does what he's told to. But can you imagine, like, peak-era Hollywood Hogan or peak-era Shawn Michaels when he was a dick agreeing to lose clean to Xavier yeah, Woods you know, when you're the champion? Sometimes a little bit of that doesn't work for me, brother, is a good thing. Like, that's why the show stinks. These, these people are all yes. Like, 
Lastly, have some self-respect for yourself. You're the WWE champion. Don't just go along with, okay, I'll lose clean to this guy. It's part, Steve, he's part of the problem at this point. Steve Austin quit because he didn't want to lose to Brock Lesnar. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Now you got the WWE champion today. Oh, hey, you got Xavier Woods going to beat you, pal. That, that's your reward. It's, it's just ridiculous. Like, what some- is that? What does that do for the show to the 50-50 book your fucking champion who's supposed to be a monster? Come on. I know. Who, who gets who gets over from that and where's the heat? I, I don't even yeah. know. How does that put any heat on Bobby Lashley that he just loses? I, I don't even know. Like up until this, what was he doing before this? Like the Lashley sister crap before like the pandemic? Uh, I don't know. But uh, reason 24, corny Miz and Morrison segments. This, like, litters raw, especially on the road to WrestleMania. This is the biggest show of the year, and you got, like, The Miz playing paints with Bad Bunny's Bugatti. I don't know who decided that Miz and Morrison was, like, this this legendary tag team from a bygone era. They, they made that <laughs> list recently of the 50 greatest tag teams in history, and they had Miz and Morrison higher than Eminem on the list. Like, wow. who is longing for this? And now that it's back, they're running around with drip sticks? Miz is in a wheelchair acting like a fucking asshole for no... Why is this happening? Well, and the sad part is in the promos before the commercial breaks or in between segments, Miz's segments with Morrison are hyped as like, guys, get the popcorn. Don't go to the bathroom now. It's Miz and Morrison. Again, where's the... Other than go away heat for the Miz, where's the... How are they getting any heel heat by what they're doing running around acting like assholes? Like, no one is mad at these characters. You just hate them as people. (laughs) Yeah, that's why. That's why this show fucking sucks. You don't care about anything. You just want it to end. <laughs> oh my god! It's yeah, yeah. Reason twenty five, and then people lie and they say it's good. I see people all the time on like YouTube reviews or like on the internet, like on Bleacher oh, yeah. Report. Like, oh, this show was great. This was an exceptional episode of Raw. It was very yeah. watchable. Every time an article comes out where they hype how bad the rating is, n- no joke, you can book it. The first comment, no matter the website, will always be. Funny, I heard from people that this week's Raw was actually pretty good. It's like, okay, are your standards that low? Now, who you told on- you that? Who told you it was yeah, good? Who, who, who's getting enjoyment out of it? Like, it, it, it can't be possible. Like, even if you're a diehard who will never stop watching, and if that's the case, I feel terrible for you, you have to acknowledge at some point that it's terrible and you're literally just watching it out of habit. If you even pretend that you get enjoyment out of it then you actually have a psychological problem that means you're so wrapped up in the nerd culture of it that you have to just trick yourself into thinking it's good to feel accepted in the community so that you can say you're a good wrestling fan because it's not good by any objective uh, by any measure it's not good there's no way you can measure this show and say yeah it's good this week it stinks oh but the work is improved though oh Oh, yeah right the work rate oh yeah you're, yeah. you're absolutely right. And uh, reason twenty six, Miz TV. They treat Miz TV like it's the, like 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 you guys said, it's must see. You get the popcorn. It's like, oh, we're exactly. gonna open today's yeah. Raw with Miz TV. Well, none. Piper's Pit was good. Every other fucking talk show segment is useless filler. Yeah. The one with the worst wrestler ever is the one that's gone on the longest. Like really? <sighs> oh God! Now, as the Miz would say, really? Yeah. Good, great. What a what great catchphrase, asshole. <laughs> Take your fucking stupid microphone with the upside down W on it and just sit on it. 
Like nothing happens on Miz TV. They, they they always hype it up every single week. Oh, next week we're gonna have Zelina Vega on Miz TV. Oh, here we go. Yeah, but they don't they don't even just hype it up. If you go on WWE.com when they announce like the teaser for the show, that's that'll be one of the three points to look out for that they remind you is going to happen. That's <laughs> so bad. They oh, have to have God. some kind of numbers that we're not seeing in order to keep putting them on TV. Like maybe it is a draw. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. The, the reason twenty seven. I would rather watch a 19-inning baseball game than this. I'd rather watch the Detroit Tigers versus the Diamondbacks go into extra innings in a one run, in a one run game. You'd probably end sure. quicker. Yeah, you'd probably get through a 19-inning baseball game faster than a three-hour RAW. You know they keep ruining baseball with all this pace of play horseshit. Why don't they try some of that for fucking wrestling, please? <laughs> <laughs> they can't. They can't take more than 20 seconds in between moves. <laughs> <laughs> There goes Randy Orton. He's done. Then you might as well fire him. Yeah, yeah Riddle. No more sticky stuff. <laughs> Oops. That's <laughs> inside baseball. There. Yeah. Exactly. The only sticky stuff is the fluid that's leaking out of his asshole. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Uh, Get the drip sticks, Ms. Riddle needs yeah. cleanup. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, so reason 28, my friends and family would laugh at me. I would be embarrassed if my friends and family knew that I watched wrestling. It, but this is this is a massive reason. And honestly, I don't, I don't know what the other uh, 60 that are on this, other than the ones we're helping you with are, but this has to be one of the top important reasons. It is so true. How is anybody going to even try to watch this if you have any semblance of a social life? If anybody finds out that you watch this, they will immediately think you're fucking insane. I'm embarrassed that people know I like old wrestling because they're going to think it's this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I had family over and my nephew wanted to watch the show. He's like nine years old. And I was like really? trying to act like I didn't know what was going on. Like I didn't know anybody. They were like, oh, who's this guy? I'm like, never heard of him. I don't know. Don't know who like, that is. This is all you need to know. Picture you're watching this with there's friends around and it's the segment where we're MVP and Lashley are having the champagne toast. And then picture your friend's reaction when the New Day come out and start throwing toast at them. <laughs> How do you explain that this is what you watch for three hours every week? You got Damien three hours tomatoes. And not just the three-hour Raw. You're part of the WWA universe. There's seven hours of programming that if you're a good wrestling fan, you have to consume. You pay for their streaming service. God. <laughs> Reason 29... The, they do these legend shows. Everyone know, watching knows what I'm talking about. They, oh, yeah. They're like, oh, we got Shawn Michaels. We got HBK, Ric Flair, Stone Cold. And, and, and nobody watches them either. Not They nobody can't wants, save it. Nobody wants to see fucking weird, bald, lazy Shawn It's just sad to see him nowadays. Know, and, and every time they bring these people out, they make them do something that makes you hate them a little bit more. Like yeah, nobody ever had time. a problem with Stone Cold until he got stunned by Becky Lynch. Oh, like, my God. Just keep him away. Just keep them away, then. It's if you're not going to do anything good with them, then don't bring them out, because that just makes the show... First of all, it doesn't make the show better. And second of all, it hurts the nostalgia. And the sad thing is, it does actually boost the ratings. Just, it doesn't boost... It boosts it, like, up, like an incidental amount. It'll boost it, like... You know, it'll go from, like, a 1.7 to, like, a 1.85. It'll go, like, oh, the legend show boosts the ratings. <laughs> Can I keep the momentum up before the NHL finals? <laughs> <laughs> the excuses. Oh, that that's a good like impromptu reason why Raw sucks. People make excuses for it. Jeez. Guys, guys, Excuse- you're going up against 
the the triathlon qualifier Afghanistan <laughs> versus Russia pre-match on CNBC. Do you want to know what the excuse for for last week was? I don't know when you're going to upload this, but last week was uh, the lowest was rated the of all time, right? Lowest rated of all time. It was the twelfth, July twelfth. One of the excuses people gave, well, well, it was the last show of the Thunderdome. What does that even mean? <laughs> like, like people are going to be watching when there's four thousand people in the stands in Tulsa, Oklahoma. If anything, if any, I'd rather watch when there's no fat people making annoying noises. Yeah, the only thing I yeah. want to watch is hear people say you deserve it to a bunch of jobbers who are killing the show. Well, that and the Thunderdome. At least they can pipe in crowd reactions when they're when they actually have like a half empty arena of bored neckbeards. It's just going to sound terrible. Yeah, and I, I know I think, I think people are over. Yeah. People are overestimating the returns of the crowd. It's not going to be good when there's nobody in the crowd. Yeah, and I know this is a SmackDown thing, and this is a Raw video, but you think crowds coming back is good? You wait and you wait and see how Roman Reigns' entire career resurgence is derailed by the returning smart crowds who are never going to like him no matter what he does. Yeah. Oh, I've been talking about that. That's yeah. People aren't ready for that conversation. But yeah. Re- reason mm-hmm. thirty. The the roster on Raw is weak. It's just that's an understatement. Yeah, it's not just weak; it's depressing. Yeah. It actually makes me want to injure myself when I look at these people. The last Raw I watched had a match between Mustafa Ali and Mansoor. <laughs> it put this on TV thinking people are going to want to watch it. What is that? Mansoor? Two guys yeah. who just look the same. Yeah, that's. Yeah, like I, I watched your guys' uh, roster review that you guys did recently. I don't know when it was, but sometime this year, and I'm and it was like, wow, this is really like this is awful. It's just there's no stars. We said in the video this roster as a whole, simply because of how much filler, it's worse than the AEW roster. There are so many people I've just never heard of who have no chance of getting over, ever. And there's hundreds of them on this roster. Yeah, but uh, Mansoor was trained by Dory Funk, and he's six feet tall, 205 pounds. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> solid steel. <laughs> so, so, Reason 31, this was a bit of a meme, but, uh, you know, we got Riddle's Birds. I don't know. Do you guys uh, remember uh, this? You know, yeah, this I is do. not a meme. This is actually a serious fucking problem with the show. <laughs> and it's not just Riddle's stupid fucking birds. It's all those stupid graphics they put up. When Why Strowman did they did do the choo-choo train shit before they released them? Like, guys, what do you do? Your show is dying. How is this going to help? <laughs> it's dying. <laughs> oh, and they're not even good graphics either. It looks like That's something horrible. from Nintendo 64. Yeah, you got a bunch of birds just like from, like, it's like the Angry Birds phone game. There's a bunch of birds coming out of Riddle's ass. It's like, what is it? They like, appear, and like they're, they're clipping over the ring ropes. Like, they're like going through shit. It's just like, it's like a 12 year old designed it. In his uh, STEM class. So, uh, reason 32 and 33 go together, so I'll read them as one. The show is made for children, and children don't like the show. No, that's the problem. It's the same thing as My Little Pony. It's just man-children that watch it now. Ugh. Same type of crowd. Actual kids want things that are cool. You'll never... T- and I hate... Don't, this is going to sound sexist. Yes, there were, I knew girls growing up who liked wrestling, but as a general rule, it's a TV show for little boys. And right now, little boys are not interested in wrestling. Walk through the wrestling toy section of any supermarket. Just based on the size of it alone, that's all you need to know about its popularity. It's plummeting. And the only people that buy the stupid toys now are the adults who are collecting the figures anyway. You have to look like... The show was at its most 
adult male oriented during the Attitude Era. But look at any Attitude Era crowd. You'll see people of all ages, groups of women there by themselves with no men just enjoying the show. Children, old people, college guys. Now that the show is geared to a specific thing, they have nobody watching except for fucking weird wrestling fans. <laughs> it's yeah. its own breed. Like, like Cena's not even there. So, like, kids are going to be like, oh, let's go see Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo have a good match. <laughs> yeah, and at this point, like, all the kids who, who grew up watching Cena are adults now. So, kids these days don't even know who the fuck John Cena is. Exactly. Yeah, that's, wow, well, that's, I mean, that's a real good point, honestly. Uh, yeah, recent 34... The crowds aren't going to save this show. Like people think, oh my god, full crowds coming back. Raw's going to be good again. Is, are the writers going to change? Are they going to suddenly get new writers that are competent? Yeah. This, this well, is going to make yeah. the show so much fucking worse. They had a chance to go this long without crowds to actually get the stories across because you can never fucking do that with crowds booing faces and cheering heels. So you think in a time when there's no crowds, I don't know, maybe try getting somebody over, maybe pay attention to what people not in the building are saying. Instead, they didn't even try to create a single story. What's, no, what, they, just, what they did nothing. What is the story going on on Raw right now? The story is Drew McIntyre cries every week because he loses clean to assholes like Riddle. <laughs> and, and, and fucking and Lashley can't beat guys who dress up as Power Rangers. Yeah, there you go. Bobby Lashley drinks champagne with women. That, that's the no, big story. No, nobody has any heat on this show, so what's a crowd coming back? How is it going to affect anything? All it's going to do is make them boo the faces. Congratulations. I really missed hearing you deserve it, Chance. Having a bunch of fucking ugly people in the crowd is going to really boost the ratings. Because as we all know, people watch TV to look at ugly people. Yeah, the, the crowds that show up to these shows now have one goal, and that's to get themselves over. Exactly. If people who opine for the crowd, you miss the noise in the arena, right? But they're piping that in right now. And they're piping it in in a way that theoretically would actually enhance the stories if there was one. The neckbeards trying to get themselves over pulling out beach balls and screaming, we want punk, is going to do nothing to make the show entertaining (laughs) and increase the ratings. I'm sorry, it's not. And I'm telling all all these people who said that Drew and Roman were carrying their respective shows, you wait and see. The crowds don't like these people. Oh, yeah. We'll see. And then, uh, yeah, reason 35. Steve Austin doesn't draw when he comes back. And we talked about this in passing. (laughs) But, like, Stone Cold is the biggest star in wrestling history, arguably. He does, like, minimal increases in ratings when he comes back. He's getting stunned by Becky Lynch, and it's like, oh, that's... Well, that's that's never going to bring ratings up. Yeah, we all know what he's going to do. He's going to show up, he's going to say, what, and give me a hell yeah, and then he's going to drink beer. It's like, okay, yeah, it's fun to see. I can just watch clips of the real wrestling show on YouTube of him doing that. Brady, guess what? Guess what? Molto Mario is going to be on the Food Network this week. Remember him? <laughs> you want to watch? No. Who gives a shit if somebody that you watched growing up is going to be on a show that's terrible? If you don't watch the NFL anymore for whatever reason, you find out, oh, Brett Favre is going to be there. Are you going to watch? No. He's old. It's stupid. Steve Austin can't wrestle. Everybody knows he's never going to wrestle again. He physically can't. So him coming out and pretending to stunner somebody who you don't care about is not going to bring in ratings. That's not Steve Austin's fault. It's just a rule. Uh, maybe it'd be slightly different if there was some fucking person on the roster who had heat, who had want to see Stone Cold pretend to give a stunner to. But I don't hate anybody as a character. I hate them all as people. So my only hope is that Austin goes on, botches the stunner, and actually injures somebody. <laughs> <laughs> It's <laughs> a great point. Yeah, maybe we'll get Stone Cold on Miz TV. We'll get him stunning the Miz. 
You don't opine for legends because you just want to see them show up and walk around and wave like they're running for office. You want to see them (laughs) interact with other wrestlers. And if you don't care about the current crop, then the, the legends are useless. Especially since WWE has a horrible track record of killing every legend they brought. They, they brought Kurt Angle, Shane McMahon, the Dudleys, the Hardy Boys, the New Age Outlaws all back during the span of our like original run on our channel. And they found a way to make us hate all of these people because <laughs> the people who were writing for them back when they were good are long since fired. They have a bunch of weird assholes just telling them, I don't know, what was your catchphrase back in the day? It's true. Okay, go out there and say it's true 7,000 times. Oh, oh Matt Hardy, you were broken in TNA. Well, go out there and say delete 10,000 times. It's oh ridiculous. Uh, reason, it's true. Uh, reason 36, commercials. Uh, okay, this... Go ahead. Vince Russo, when he was the head writer of Raw, would space out commercial breaks in a way so that whatever happened before, you could not change the channel. You had to keep watching. So you'd sit through the commercial and the show was two hours. So it wasn't going to, you could, you could suffer through a commercial break because you knew whatever's going to come back. You don't want to miss it. It's going to make the wait worth it. Nowadays, the show will open with some shit match between assholes you've never heard of and don't care about. (laughs) Two minutes into the match, they'll go to commercial. So right away, I'm thinking I would literally rather be watching anything else than this. And it carries on at that pace for like three hours and 10 minutes because the show can't just end at 11 and it has to go on to like 11.02 or 11.12 or 11.20 sometimes. It's on no, the, commercial, the way they space out the commercial breaks makes this show... I don't even care what happens on the show. The way it's spaced out makes it unwatchable. Yeah, it's the, the, oh, the commercials. God. It's like you get... Oh, we're going to have Apollo Crews versus Aleister Black. And then there's four commercials in between it. Like, why would I come back to just come back to Apollo Crews yeah, and Aleister Black in a rest hold? They're not rewarding you for your time at all. And this is stupid, but like, what the fuck? Like, wh- why do they have four different pizza companies sponsoring this show? There's like f- the Little Caesars, Domino's, Papa John's, and Pizza Hut all sponsor Raw. So I'm treated with all these fucking horrible beauty shots of this vomit inducing pizza all night. And I heard, this is a true story from back during the Attitude Era. Vince McMahon would tell certain companies, I don't want your money. You don't fit our... And he told Skittles, I don't want your money. I'm not showing Skittles commercials on my edgy wrestling show. Uh, and here we are. I'm sure Skittles has been a sponsor <laughs> of some pay-per-view. They're yeah. funny, Skittles! So now we have 17 different pizza companies and the fucking all kinds of goofy shit. The commercials themselves stink. I know that's not WWE's fault, but like, how many different commercials for the Miz do we have to see? Oh we got the Miz God. for Cricket Wireless, the Miz for this, the Miz for his TV show, the Miz for oh, movies. Does, you can't even get this from this guy in the commercials. They go to commercial break obnoxiously, but then sometimes they'll do the shit where just during the match, the match will shrink and a giant ad for a John Cena movie will come on just during the match. And then, of course, you have the announcers still whoring out fast food like 85 times a night. Oh, my God. Those yeah. Can they stop? I understand they really need money because nobody gives a fuck about wrestling anymore, but a little bit of tact and pride wouldn't hurt you. It's bad. Yeah, it's it's just it's embarrassing. And uh, yeah, reason 37, there's no entertaining segments. Nothing. Yeah. What what do people remember back from when wrestling was good? There's no matches that ever get brought up. They talk about segments, moments. Right. And we're not talking Zamboni. about wrestling in general, like the, the TV shows, Raw, yeah. SmackDown. 
You get the Zamboni, the beer truck, fucking uh, Austin running over Rock's car with a monster truck. Yep. Undertaker sacrificing people on this crucifix. Even Nobody... stupid shit like the hand with, with sure the hand. You know, this is your, this is Mark your Henry life. In K- bed with May Young. Yeah, Katie Vick even. Nobody. Like, what are they doing nowadays? Oh, Mansoor is 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 feeling discouraged. So Mustafa Ali comes over and tells him he has to believe in himself. I don't even think Jackson Riker is standing backstage <laughs> whipping himself with a belt. <laughs> yeah, people are going to be talking about that decades from now. I'd rather watch Big Show drive the semi out and just stand there. God, you remember that? <laughs> like, then you got like even some of the modern stuff. Like people remember Punk's pipe bomb. They remember, even though sure. it was goofy, they remember the Yes movement where Daniel Bryan had a bunch of neckbeards and they're chanting Yes in the ring. <laughs> people remember that though, even even though it was goofy. That's like, what? Where these segments have been? Where have they been? And ever since like 2017, we just get like Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy having a great match with Cesaro and Sheamus. The last thing that I could say that people were talking about was when uh, Orton let the fiend on fire. But as we all know, that just fucking went nowhere. Nothing happened with that. Nobody cared. Yeah, you, you know, raw, you know what the payoff was for that. that? Wasn't even raw. Yeah, no, that was a Survivor Series or something. Oh, right? That was raw. <laughs> no, it was a pay per view. The well, the payoff that they, they just did like a backstage where Randy Orton gave an interview the next night on Raw. He's just like, oh yeah, I burned the fiend. Oh right, I've, all right. So uh, you can even forget that because they save all the somewhat memorable segments for shitty pay per views. So the segment from this that was memorable is Orton standing there in a fucking luchador S and M mask, just standing there like an idiot. Oh my god. <laughs> It's terrible. And, uh, reason 38, Bruce Pritchard. We know Bruce Pritchard's writing all these like Miz and Morrison and these riddle segments where he's like holding donuts. Yeah, Bruce Pritchard's fat boy greasy fingers are all over. You can tell when it's a Bruce Pritchard segment. If a heel's making a stupid I'm a bad guy face or if a baby face is telling some kind of like prime example. When Drew McIntyre's standing backstage telling stories about home in Scotland, you know Bruce Pritchard was all over that because he can't he can't stop his cornball fucking nature from coming out. The, oh God, he's he he's a fucking cornball. I'm sure he's a wonderful guy. Maybe not. I don't know, but he's a cornball. <laughs> he's always been a cornball. I don't like. He wrote them into a hole during the new generation era, and he's just back. like, why is he back? You don't give Vince Russo a call. Yeah, yeah, that's that, just that, out, of, yeah, out of control. That, that'll <clears throat> lead us right to the next reason. 39. No Vince Russo. And it shows. Now, Vince Russo probably wouldn't come back even if they asked him to, simply because he's a very busy man with his podcast. But, as I said, just give him a call at least. How about a consulting job? Hey, Vince, you want to look over the scripts at least? He's got great ideas. If you go on, I'm going to give him a plug. Yeah. If you go on Sports Key to Wrestling, they got a playlist on there called Writing with Russo, where he'll rebook things and tell people what they should be doing with guys on the current roster. He hasn't had one bad idea on there. No, I'm not, not saying that. his ideas yeah. are going to make the show mainstream and save it and bring ratings back and make it good, but it'll make the show better. And the amount of money you know that they're spending on these writers and consultants, and you know that there's like, at this point, there's got to be close to like hundreds of them. You can't give this, throw this guy a bone and once a month give him a call and just say, hey, Vinny, got any ideas? Like, the problem is they're bringing in all these people who know nothing about wrestling and they're doing it on purpose and I don't know why. Yeah, it's, yeah, like, like that writer who didn't know Bobby Lashley's name. Yeah! Uh, that, that is as embarrassing. 
how terrible of a look is that for this company that they hired somebody who doesn't know like <laughs> she's the writer of the show she doesn't know the name of the main character on it how do they how do they do that so, man that's an awful look honestly like, what would, how, how did the interview go it's like are you a woman are you a person of color you're hired like how did it go <laughs> Yeah, uh, that interview was, well, yeah, that was cringe. She's just like, oh, I, I think his name's Bobby Ashley or whatever. He was like <laughs> the champion. Like, you know, the black guy. Jeez, it's like, like, bro, come on. And then uh, reason 40, the final one that we got for you guys is Raw's not cool. It's just not. And I know that sounds like a, like a simpleton thing to say. Bro, no. it's not cool, bro. But cool is the operative word. When writing a fucking wrestling show, who wasn't cool in the Attitude Era? Who wasn't cool? Like, is there anyone who wasn't cool? Not even about the individual guys. When you watch these shows, when you watch good wrestling, one of the things that bothers me is when we talk about how we don't like it, and then I'll get comments from people saying, guys, maybe you just grew up. It hasn't changed that much. Which is bullshit because I can go back and watch a show anywhere from 1998 to 2006, turn it on. Obviously, some episodes were better than others, but I will still, in every episode, find something that'll get me pumped up, make me clench my fists and go, yeah, that's cool. There's nothing like that now. The balls have been, it's been neutered so hard. Yeah, like, like you'd have Triple H come out in like 2003. He'd come out, cut a 25-minute promo, but he would have like just, women just Triple with H's him. entrance back in the day would make you pumped up. You'd get your money's worth on the guy's fucking entrance. Now you have nothing. All, all you need to do, just go on YouTube, type in Raw 1998 intro, and just listen to the music and the pyro show and Jim Ross going, welcome to Raw! And like, okay, it's like right there. Who's, who's changing the channel? Yeah. Even if I don't know what it is. Like, what is Raw? I don't know, but this looks awesome, whatever the fuck it is. Then all this fucking, there'll be another explosion. Steve Austin will come out. He'll say something hilarious. Who's changing the channel after that? It's just cool. Yep. Yeah, and now, now you get a, a bland pop song, and you get Tom Phillips or Byron Saxon, like, oh, welcome to Raw. Most Hey, guys, we're here. <laughs> or, it'll, or it'll just cold open with that asshole Adam, what's his name, the GM guy, just Larry standing there with some angry wrestler that you've never heard of who just... They're just like snorting at each other. This isn't like, cool. This is stupid. Like it's, ac- it's actually stupid. And like what I saw back a few weeks ago, months ago, of Drew McIntyre was kind of cool. Comes out with the sword, puts it in the thing, explosion. Last time I saw Drew McIntyre, he was crying in the ring because he just lost the match cleanly to Riddle. So he's now not cool. So there's literally nothing cool on this show. What's cool? Oh God. What I mentioned this before. What is cool about two midget guys who look exactly the same with the same hairdo dressed up as Power Rangers throwing toast at people? There's nothing. There's nothing cool. Like, I just, I would hide. Like, no, I've never seen that before. <laughs> There's nothing about it. I don't even know who that is. Like, no, it's just, yeah, it's not cool. But yeah, righty, lefty, thank you guys for doing this, man. It's always great Absolutely. to talk to you guys. Thank you, sir. I'm a, I, I am a fan of the channel, by the way. You are featured on our Cool Cats section on our channel, right after the Elitist, actually. Yep. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. Uh, it's all, I'm sure I speak for Righty when I say it's always wild to work with uh, or hear from people on here who say, I watched the Smartbusters growing up. It, just, <laughs> it makes us feel very old, but um, we're happy to do it. Hey, man, the, the video you guys did about Randy Orton 
the 50 reasons why he sucks really put a lot of things in perspective for me as a wrestling fan. I was like, <laughs> like this dude, they're presenting him like he's, like he's a star. And then you guys just like broke him down in logical ways for the most part. And then I was like, <laughs> like, wow, okay. I see it now. Like this guy, Randy Orton sucks. Like why do people like him? But yeah, that's just you know, a little nugget there. But yeah, thank you guys again. Absolutely. Take care. All right. So for this portion of the video, I'm bringing in a surprise guest. A guest that you never would have saw coming when I announced this collaboration video. That is one of the hottest up-and-coming wrestling YouTubers in the community. The Elitist. I know. You're shocked to see him. I know. I get it. The Elitist is here. Nobody ever saw this one coming. How you doing, bro? I'm doing, I'm doing good, Kevin. I'm doing good. I mean, as you say, like, this is, this is a collab that's been God, years in the making. I, like, I don't think anyone could have possibly predicted that I'd make an appearance on a raw slander video on your channel. I mean, who could possibly have forecast that? But yeah, we've got, we've got some good reasons. Um, should be a bit, bit of fun. And yeah, I mean, I love the idea of the project. hundred reasons why raw sucks. I mean, that's just, that's golden. So yeah, I look forward to this. Oh yeah. Here we go. An unprecedented collab, if you will. So let, let's just kick it right off. Reason 41. There's no squash matches on raw. Like that used to be part of the show. That used to be pretty cool. You'd have like Scott Hall squashing a jobber. And like one, two, three kid or X Pac, he made his career as one of those jobbers and he got lucky and, and beat Scott Hall. Like it, squash matches can create good moments. Brooklyn Brawler is one of the most famous jobbers in wrestling history. It's not a bad thing. Now we're in this era now where everybody has to get their spot in, they have to get their moves in. Everyone has to feel entitled and to get a participation trophy. But jobbers are okay there, John. Yeah, I mean, like, I look at even something like. To use Ryback as an example, 2012 Ryback, he'd come out there, squash three skinny, legit like 19-year-old jobbers at one time, hit like a big shell shock and all of them, stack them and pin them, and you think, oh my god, he's dominant. And they'd be, yeah, there'd be Gold, there'd be Goldberg chance, you know, around the arena. But like, it was a cool squash match. I remember this nine years later in a fond light. But Kevin, as you say there, where are they nowadays? Every match has to be 12 minutes because every guy has to do their signature, finisher, deliver their super kicks, have to deliver this and that. It's like, this is just, there's no need. Okay, why can't, Kevin, why can't you just have wrestler A makes his entrance, for instance, Damien Priest. Damien Priest has a, his big pop and circumstance entrance, comes out, squashes someone, does a little promo talking about how he wants to win the IC title, and then that's like an eight-minute block of TV time. That doesn't happen anymore. Instead, what Damien Priest is doing is throwing tomatoes at the Miz. But I, I digress. Reason 42, Raw has an unappealing women's division. It's literally Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley, Asuka, and who else? Is it Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler? And then Alexa it's, Bliss? It's, yes, 12-year-old Bliss and, yeah, the, the three women you named before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, please, give, give us something here. Give Barry this division, except for Rhea Ripley. Uh, I know you love Rhea Ripley. Yeah, I mean, I'm a Rhea Ripley fan. I think Rhea Ripley is objectively just the best wrestler in the world, better than Omega by far. But, like, I look at the division as a whole, and it's like, what division? You know, it's, okay, well, here's, uh, here's Rhea Ripley. She's going to come out. Um, Charlotte Flair is going to be there. They're going to set up a match at a, a pay-per-view or a network special, and then Charlotte's going to not lose clean, and they're going to do another match at the next pay-per-view. And Oscar's there, but she's not really there. And now she's there, and then she's not kind of there. And then you got Alexa Bliss, a 30-year-old woman acting like she's 12. 
and these sickos are paying $800 for her cameos, and you've got Shayna Baszler screaming over a doll, and Nia Jax is just there doing TikToks with Reginald, and it's like, what, what, what is this division, dude? Like, like what, what here, Kevin, is going to entice viewers to keep watching? Like, granted, there's a select group who are going to keep watching just to see Alexa Bliss act like she's 12, those people are those people, but for everyone else, it's like, like, what is this, bro? You know, like, really? Yeah, honestly, I mean, you pretty much said everything that needs to be said about this. Then, forty-three. There's no tag team division. There literally is no tag team division. I couldn't even tell you who the tag team champions are. I couldn't tell you if there's any challengers. Just since the Usos and the New Day kind of went away, like two, three years ago, there's really nothing here for tag team wrestling. Like, what did we see last year? The the Street Profits. And the Viking Raiders playing basketball. It's, just, it's ridiculous, isn't it? In before, in before, there's going to be that one or two people who go, <laughs> Kevin's wrong. He said the New Day haven't been on involved in, for two to three years. Well, w- Woods and Kingston are a tag team still on Raw. That's not the point, clown. The point is that the, the Big E, Kofi, and Xavier Woods New Day isn't there. Anyway, the, the whole thing with the Raw tag division, Kevin, is that literally there's no one. You've got Styles and Omas. As the, the champs, and then what? You've got who? You got Kevin. What's what's her name? Sarah Logan's husband is out there with the the Viking oh, Raiders. Um, uh, Ivar and Eric, yeah, them. Um, and then you've got um the the guy from Twitter. Um, oh, what's his name? <laughs> Dad, was it Dijakovic? The, oh. the, the dude dude on Twitter, him. Re- Re- um, Retribution. Then... Whatever's left of Retribution. One of the most botched angles ever. Yeah, that guy, and then there's that. He's teaming with the commentator, him, uh, I think. Um, <laughs> and then yeah, you've got the Lucha House Party. They're like Kevin all around, just a stacked division. Oh yeah, I mean tag team wrestling used to be great. That's what made Raw and SmackDown so great to watch back in the day. You had fun tag team wrestlers. Now it's just like, oh, we'll put these two guys together. They'll be a tag team. But yeah, so forty four, lack of mid card talent. Like there's just no mid card division. In general, but the talent, like even if the guys that are on the undercard, they're not very talented. They don't. They, there are no like Mister Perfects, Scott Halls. And you look even further more modern. There's no like you know. There's no like Rey Mysterio, Chavo Guerrero. There's none of those guys coming up. But there just there just isn't like the, the mid card on Raw is literally Sheamus versus whichever random is picked out of catering. Recently, it's been Humberto Creo, and Humberto Creo, he's a good wrestler, I guess. That's what he was supposed to say, Kevin. Because I mean, what else is he? Because he has nothing else. Well, so yeah, it's it's pretty. Um, yeah, there's, there's no mid card at all. No, exactly. And at forty five, there's zero long term quality stories. Keyword quality. We do get plenty of long term stories, like the Mysterio family and Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy and that whole saga. But that wasn't quality. That was just Bruce Pritchard smoking a joint with Randy Orton being like, ha, oh, this is going to be funny. We're going to have Rollins read DMs. Ha ha. Then we're going to have Buddy Murphy kiss. It was like they're just trying to outdo each other. Back in like 98, you had The Undertaker and Kane story, which was legit. It was awesome. It was a long-term, well-thought-out story. You had Randy Orton and Undertaker had a good, long-term, well-thought-out story. Edge and Matt Hardy. Just the list goes on and on. But can you think of, like, a recent example? Is there any good long-term story? Like, what, the Yes Movement? That's, like, the last good long-term story that we've had weekly on Raw that kept you interested? That's a great question. Because I, I, I think even when the authority were around, as bad as that got, 
like from like 2013 in that like yes movement time through like 2014 it, it was something it like it, it, there'd be like a weekly thing that every show would go on but then ever since the authority went in like 2015 there just hasn't been that like raw has been okay for a few years it was babyface reigns will come out there get booed by most of the audience and do a big dog promo and then we'd have two and a half hours of matches then reigns would just beat like god knows like who would Reigns beat? I mean, anyone really, like, like Luke Rusev. Gallows and Carl Anderson. Like, you know, just... And then, the like, Kevin, nowadays, what is there? No. What, what's the hook for Raw? It's, oh, I mean, I guess Lashley coming out with females, I guess that's a bit better than some of the stuff we've had. Like, in 2019, it's Seth Rollins wearing man's man t-shirts, and we had, like, Kofi Kingston. No, that was on SmackDown, no. We, we had Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair arguing, like, bruh. I guess you could make a, a case that, like, the whole Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey was, like, a good story that had a little bit of an arc to it, but then they, you know, they added Charlotte Flair in there, pal. But I, I digress. Uh, 46, near, there's just, what, the booking's very nearsighted. And it's hot shot. It's like, oh, we're going to have Alberto Carrillo come out, and he's going to beat Sheamus in a non-title US, non-US title match. And then, oh, he gets a shot, a title shot to the pay-per-view in the pre-show. Oh, oh, wow. That's great. Like six for the last six seven months, Alberto Carrillo's been getting bullied by Randy Orton in the locker room, not being on TV, and then now he's just gonna beat Sheamus for no reason, just because it's just it's what Bruce Pritchard wants to do. Yeah, it's whatever Bruce feels like, and like that's the thing with Raw. Like you can tell, most of it is just it's so off the cuff. It's so just oh yeah, how can we kill three hours, Kevin? Like, like well, what can we do this week to get through our three hours in USA so we can collect? a ridiculous, like, ad paycheck and just move on with our, our show. Because, my God, I mean, the, the booking, like... It, like, you look at something like Randy Orton and Matt Riddle, and it's like, okay, well, they clearly show up to Raw each Monday and go, hey, Randy, bro, what can we do this week, bro? And Randy's like, hello, Matt. <laughs> I think we should have you ride around me on a scooter john and then real's like hey bro it's a good idea bro i'll be up in donuts bro like that, that, that is what raw seems like kevin like bro oh yeah the booking is very short term everything is short term everything every single thing except for rollins and 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 mysterio which even still that was just week to week they're just like oh we're gonna do this then yeah 47 this is right right for you taylor made too many matt riddle segments why does Riddle get the same amount of segments as, like, 1998 Stone Cold Steve Austin? Why is that a thing? Like, like Matt, Matt Riddle... <sighs> Bruh. Bruh, I mean, I, I, I get it. Like, the, the dude has, I guess... Do you call it charisma? I guess. I mean, he has some form of entertainment value. But the issue is, Kevin, the segments are mostly pretty just generally cringe, objectively. And there's so many of them. Like, do we need to see Riddle in a segment... 12 minutes into the show, 37 minutes, an hour and 10 minutes, hour and 52 minutes, two hours and eight minutes, and then two hours and 40 minutes into the show. Do we need to see Riddle riding a scooter backstage around Randy Orton like five different times every episode of Raw? Do we need to see that? No. Like, like why? Why is that a thing? Like, yeah, the, the overexposure of Riddle in 2021 is confusing. He's like, he'll be hanging out with Jeff Hardy, having donuts. And then he's in a match with like Bobby Lashley. Like at the end of the show, it's like, why is there so much Riddle? <laughs> Who's out there begging to see more Riddle hanging out with donuts? Just, no, well, nobody's is, begging for it. Like, even a lot of people 
make the, always do the NXT to main roster reference that these wrestlers like Riddle, and it's like, oh, in NXT he was doing this, and now he's being demoted to the main roster. Like, I look at Riddle in NXT, and he come out with no shoes on, he just make his entrance, and then he have a ten minute strong style match where he's kicking someone in the head for real, and then he just leave, and that'd be it. I mean, now I guess there's he gets to show his um personality. But the way they do it, it's just so overexposed, so much riddle. You'd think this guy was like, you know, prime Undertaker or Brock Lesnar in 2002 or prime Batista. Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah, that, that's kind of like WWE's thing. And Riddle is the latest guy to fall victim to this. It's just, oh, we like this guy. We're going to give him a bunch of segments. This kind of started with like Authority Rollins. I don't want to go too long on this, but like Authority Rollins, they were just like, all right, we're going to have Authority Rollins have a 25-minute promo standing next to Triple H and Randy Orton. Then he's going to end the show in like a great match. In the middle of the show, we're going to see him hanging out with Stephanie in the office and so on and so forth. Yeah. But yeah, yeah re- Reason totally. 48, I know this for a fact, Vince McMahon does not watch the show. There's no way. Like, why would Vince watch the show? He clearly doesn't. If you watch the show, he would, he'd try to make something better on it. Like, like yeah, he, he watches what happens on the show in Gorilla, but he doesn't sit three days later and be like, oh, let me put Raw on, pal. Put my DVR on. No, there's no way. He's going back and like taking notes and like, trying to critique this. I, I just know for a fact. I know it. 100%. You heard it here. Well, you think Vin- Vincent Kennedy McMahon at 75, going on 76, with all the money he's made, all the success his company's had, everything he's done, you think Vince is going back to watch a three-hour episode of Raw three days in advance to analyze and study it to try and get the next week's show a bit better? Like, no. No, he, of course he doesn't do that. Like, he, he, he sits there in Gorilla the weeks he's there and probably thinks... Oh, damn it. Oh, my God. What, what's happened to this company, pal? Damn it. Ah. Then he looks at his bank account and goes, oh, yeah, we're all good. No no, no need to worry. Like, it's just, bro, like, these shows are just so bad, Kevin. I, I get this the kind of point in 100 reasons, but I, I, the show, I, I can't even watch Raw. This is a bit of a side tangent. I can't watch it. it it's just, it, it's not made for just anyone. It's, it's not made for normal people. It's not made for crazy psychopathic fans like i don't know what raw is who is it made for kevin i don't get at, it at this point it's just made for advertisers at this point that, yes. is, that kind of yes. fits into the next reason 49 the stephanie mcmahon agenda and this kind of started i would say with the women's evolution right what you would say is when the stephanie mcmahon agenda started well i, I think how i'd put this is well, when cena was there as the top guy cena was the agenda You'd have Cena coming out there dancing with Susan G. Komen. Women, Cena would be the face of Make-A-Wish. Like, everything would run through Cena. But then in, like, 2015 and on, when Cena went away, WWE needed new agendas, I guess, according to them. They needed new things to, you know, push into the mainstream. It's like, oh, great, we are. And Stephanie McMahon took that ball, Kevin, ran with it, gave us the women's evolution, gave us all this stuff. You know, had WWE. Oh, my God, WWE has... 76 million YouTube subscribers. This is more than the NBA, NHL, MLB, NFL, than this, than that league combined. And it's like, and? I mean, most of them have been bought off. Like, ah, whatever, whatever, Kevin. Right, yeah. It's like, you have Stephanie McMahon just being like, oh, yeah, forget what happened in the past. Okay, these four girls, Sasha Banks, Charlotte, Becky, and Bailey, they just happen to be in the right place at the right time. We're going to push them to the moon. It could have been any four girls. They just were the lucky ones. And just like, yeah, now all of a sudden we care about wrestling, women's wrestling. I should say we're going to have, you know, Charlotte Flair versus Sasha Banks in a Hell in a Cell. We're going to have last woman standing matches. We're going to have Trish Stratus come back. And, oh, women, everything, women, women, women. And that's okay. 
I'm all for it. But the way they pat themselves on the back is where I have the problem. And that's a lot of what we've seen out of the Stephanie McMahon and Triple H regime in, in um, WWE. But yeah, so let's go to the last one. Without further ado, yeah, you know, this one, another one Taylor made for you. Reason 50, Roman Reigns is on SmackDown. And that's like a big reason why Raw sucks. Absolutely. Absolutely. Roman Reigns, Kevin, is the star. He is the head of the table. The tribal chief. Okay, you need to acknowledge him, okay? This guy is on SmackDown, which means he which means Raw is no one. Raw's biggest star is Drew McIntyre, who can be really cool, but generally nowadays they're giving him like the Cena babyface treatment and he's cutting like Superman promos and like promos about the Scottish sword and it's like, okay, okay, dude. But like you look at Roman Reigns, he's the star of the wrestling just generally. Roman Reigns is wrestling's biggest star. No one comes close. And it's like, oh, well, he's on SmackDown, so what's there to care about on Raw? And the answer to that question, Kevin, is quite literally nothing. As we've gone over for 10 reasons, as nine other esteemed guests have just gone over, well, four, four to this point, but there's you know, going to be more after me. Like, Kevin, it's just, there's no reason to watch Raw. It is terrible, bro. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, th- thank you so much for doing this unprecedented collab. First time ever having you on this channel. I hope it's not the last time. Great talking to you, Ben. Oh, Ben. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. You ready to bury Raw? Oh, 100%, 100%. That's what we do, you know. I, I rant here occasionally here and there. I rant on my channel. I, I don't know if you guys that are watching know this. Occasionally, occasionally. I may or may not love watching Raw and be a Miz fan. <laughs> you know, just a little. Um, yep. Yeah, let's get to this. So, reason 51 Yep. The Alexa Bliss dark gimmick. Go ahead. You're the guest here. Take oh, it my God. All right. So I think it's safe to say that Alexa Bliss's dark gimmick is like some of the most like some of the most like character work we've seen from a female wrestler just in like WWE history. But that doesn't really make it a good character. Like just because you're showing a lot of character doesn't mean that your character is good. And there's a good amount of reasons as to why Alexa Bliss's dark character isn't good. One of those reasons being is because the writing is just horrible. Like, it, like the way that they presented this character with the swing set and the twelve-year-old uh, and the twelve-year-old outfit and everything around it, it's just not good. Plus, with the Alexa Bliss character so far, they've given her what Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax and all these people we don't care about to work with. So that's just that's just two L's right there. I can't believe grown men are out there paying eight hundred dollars for a cameo from her. It's it's just brutal. Like, when you think about that, like, you're kind of sus to me if you're an adult and you find this Alexa gimmick attractive. Like, that's just... Look, I wouldn't pay $800 for a cameo if it was even, like, Shawn Michaels, let alone Alexa Bliss, all right? Oh, yeah. that's a, I mean, that's a fair point, honestly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so then Reason 61... I'm sorry, that, Reason 52. So this one will probably hit home with you a little bit because you yeah. you're, you're a pretty big fan of the guy, but... Jeff Hardy, the way he's being used in 2021, and like since really since he came back in 2017, it's just embarrassing. And now he's on Raw, and he could be a star. He could be one of the focal points of the show, but instead he's jobbing to like Jinder Mahal. 
It's it's honestly just so annoying and irritating when I see Jeff Hardy in his current state. Like, yes, you can say uh, Jeff Hardy shouldn't be a champion right now. He shouldn't be a world champion. Uh, he, he, he shouldn't be beating all the young talent, etc. But does that mean Jeff Hardy has to be on Raw and main event losing to people who we've never heard of or losing to these people who've never won in their whole entire WWE career? No. The way WWE has used Jeff Hardy as of late for like the past how many months now it's just been abysmal jeff hardy still has so much more left to give to the company so much more to do in the company so much more he can you know give to these young talent and yet you're just not doing it you just have him on main event you have him on raw you have him losing in like five minutes not doing anything worthwhile it doesn't make any sense no it, it really doesn't and jeff hardy yeah. he's a cross-generational talent he's someone 100%. that people from the attitude ever will remember People from the yep. Ruthless Aggression era, remember, and the PG yep. era. He's you're guy. not gonna find you're just not gonna find a talent like that still wrestling today. But now you do with Jeff Hardy, and what are you doing with him? Nothing. And, and he's a superstar. Like when I was in middle school, Jeff Hardy was the talk of middle school. He was the talk of people like 12, 13 years yep. old. Everybody yep. wanted to paint their face like him. Everybody wanted his action figure. He could still be that for this generation if they just let exactly. it let it happen. I could go down to my school right now, even though it's closed. I could go down there and I could <laughs> talk to a bunch of people and I could ask them, do you know who Jeff Hardy is? And I bet like over 80% of them will know who he is. Yeah, ex- easily, easily. And that number would have been higher like 10 years ago. That number exactly. would have been way higher. And it's like they could be using him better. Yeah, he's probably getting buried because his brother's cashing checks from Tony Khan. And that's unfortunate. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, I don't want to make this a Jeff Hardy show. So let's go to, to 53 Drew McIntyre is overexposed. I mean, just plain and simple. The, the dude, it, it, does he 100%. need to have a title match every pay-per-view? Does it need to happen? I'll let you go here in a second. But do, does it Look, need to happen right. every single pay-per-view? I know, I know WWE wants Drew to be their next big star. I know. And that's perfect. Drew McIntyre is the perfect guy for you to have him be the next big star. But what you're doing with Drew McIntyre is what you've done with all the stars in your past, and you've seen what's happened with them, all right? You're overexposing Drew McIntyre, and when the crowds come back, if he's still being booked like this, he's going to get booed. The same way Seth Rollins got booed. The same way uh, Roman Reigns got booed. The same way John Cena got booed. Can you not learn from your mistakes? You had this guy who came up, all right? He was over on his own, all right? He wasn't corporately fed to us or anything, and now he's becoming overexposed. That is just sad. There's so much more things you can do with Drew McIntyre right now other than have him be in a WWE Championship feud or the WWE Champion or fighting for the WWE Championship or on Raw every single week taking up time talking about his stories that no one wants to listen to, etc. Like, oh my gosh. He kind of was corporately fed when you think about it. Like, when he debuted, like, whatever it was, 12 years ago, Vince McMahon was like, oh, this is the future. And Vince oh, was yeah, hell-bent. Yeah. He was like hell-bent on getting this guy over. So, like, you know, when it comes to that, Vince was like, oh, this guy's the future. And now he's, now that Drew McIntyre's a draw and people respect him, Vince is not going to let us limit down. He's like, yeah, you're going to get Drew McIntyre, pal. You're going to get him. Yeah, that's pretty true. That's pretty true. That's pretty true. You know, it's like, oh, we're going to get this, you know, it's like he get, he faces Bobby Lashley, and then he's like on Raw, and he's like upset because he lost to, who, who did he lose to on Raw? Kofi Kingston? What? Last week? I don't know. I forgot who it was. He was I, don't, like, I don't even know. I don't even know. Yeah, I don't know. I think it was like Kofi, and then he was sad. But yeah, so, yeah. so like, just too much Drew McIntyre, but I love Drew McIntyre, though. No. I don't want to make this a negative Drew McIntyre thing. I love the guy. Exactly, exactly, yeah. That, like you said, I don't want to see him become another Roman Reigns or another John Cena where he gets booed because he's just there too much. Yep. Yep. Yeah, reason 54, there's no mainstream stars. 
one thing professional wrestling needs, like all brands of professional wrestling needs, is some sort of mainstream star, some sort of star that the outside world knows, right? The only mainstream star we have right now, and I use mainstream use loosely, is Roman Reigns. On Raw, Ro- Roman Reigns is not on Raw. So on Raw, you have no one at all. You have no one who's bringing in that outside audience. Sure, you had Bad Bunny in like the beginning of of 2021 but what did you do with him you had him feud with the Miz like who cares about that Raw has no mainstream stars that's just simple you know that you know what's sad is the Miz is the only thing that they have that resembles a mainstream star and it just and that's that's only because he's been in the company for so long and he has some movies that nobody watches yeah he's got a tv show he's got some straight to dvd movies he's done like a couple things on mtv and people like oh my god the Miz is a big star like he's not bro like people are trying to tell me that he's a bigger star than Bad Bunny. These people, these ignorant no, people. No, you just only watch wrestling. That's it. Yeah, yeah, but, but you know, if, if you knew who Bad Bunny was, maybe you could impress some some women in your life. You know, exactly. Or at school. You know, they guess learn some culture, bro. But yeah, exactly. Fifty five. Raw is not a compelling show. A TV show. Like a wrestling uh-huh. show. Okay, you could say maybe it's compelling if you like watching work rate matches for three hours. Yep. But yep. as a TV show, it's not. It's just not compelling. Look, every single TV show for it to be like successful needs to be compelling. It needs to, you know, have us tuning in every single week to see what's going to happen next. Raw does not have me, and it doesn't have you tuning in every single week to see what happens next. And that's that's just the truth. There's no story on Raw that goes, "Damn, I gotta watch next week to see what happens next in this story." Yeah, exactly. And then at 56, it's evident. The WWE does not care about Raw. It's just, you can see it, it in everything they do. It's so clear that WWE, they moved SmackDown to Fox and they just left Raw to die. SmackDown is getting everything, all right? SmackDown's getting the MSG show. SmackDown's getting Rolling Loud. SmackDown's getting the first show with fans back. Raw, you're getting nothing. We don't care about you anymore. You're going to be on the Peacock Network in a couple years anyways. You know what Raw gets? They get Randy Orton and Matt Riddle having good, se- having funny segments. I use that term loosely with quotes. Having funny <laughs> segments on Raw three times a week. Exactly. That's what Raw gets. SmackDown, you get all the attention. All the attention. Raw, you get nothing. God, I, I imagine Randy Orton. He's like, he's 41 years old. He's got like six kids. He leaves the house to go to work. And Vince McMahon is just like, all right, pal, you're going you're gonna to smoke a joint with Riddle now on TV. Yep. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, the 57. You know what Raw will get? Goldberg. And it's going to happen. The first Goldberg. Raw with crowds. We're going to have Bill Goldberg back. I'm predicting it now. I'm going to have Goldberg coming back to confront Lashley. The first Raw with crowds. Yep, we're going to get Goldberg versus Lashley at WrestleMania because they can't get Brock Lesnar. I mean, not WrestleMania, SummerSlam. Yeah, that's what that's just what we need, pal. We wanted Brock versus, um, versus Bobby, but we're going to get Goldberg versus Bobby. We're going to get Goldberg. I don't understand why WWE keeps bringing Goldberg back. Like, does he really have the ratings going up that high for when he returns? I don't think so because Raw's been on a steady decline for years now and Goldberg keeps coming back and nothing's really happening, all right? He's not putting over the talent like we think he is. Like, he's not doing anything. Why do you keep bringing him back just so, you know, people can complain and act like they hate Goldberg when they really don't? Like, why would you put everyone through all of this stress, bury people's momentum, etc., just to bring back this guy who's not really helping your company in the long run at all? Like, if you want to have him come back and kill Sheamus for the U.S. title and, like, strut it with the U.S. title around after SummerSlam, I'm fine with that. Goldberg is U.S. Exactly. champion. That's cool with me. Exactly. Yeah, then, then 58. You kind of alluded to it. There's no Brock Lesnar. We don't know when he's coming back, if he's ever coming back to WWE. 
We, we don't know when he's coming back. We don't know if he's coming back. And that's a problem because Brock Lesnar was one of the last mainstream stars that we had in wrestling history. Now that he's gone, even though he didn't show up as much as people might wanted, like might have wanted him to, we can feel his absence. When Brock used to come in, win the title, go away with the title, we would still remember that Brock Lesnar is champion. Who else can do that? When Brock Lesnar is not here, we can feel his absence. We can feel that energy away from the show. We can feel that there's no chance that Brock Lesnar is just going to randomly return on our Raw. We don't have that excitement anymore now that Brock Lesnar has gone. Yeah, like like it, not having Brock Lesnar on Raw, that can't be understated, his absence. Like when he's there, Raw feels not must-see. But it feels like his segment, at least, you have to check it out. Like, you have to read about it. Feels, it. You have to do it something. It feels somewhat special. It feels somewhat special. Right. That's the way, the right way to put it. It's special. And it's like, okay, Brock yeah. Lesnar's there. Like, yeah, you get the same tired stick with Paul Heyman. Oh, I'm the one behind 21 and 1. But exactly. it's still Brock Lesnar. It's still a guy that looks like he could kill every single member of the roster if they had a 20 and 1 handicap match. Yep, yep. So that reason 59. One of the you know, one of WWE's up and coming, not up and coming, but one of WWE's best talents in ring and on commentary, Samoa Joe got released, and there was really no reason for it. No, it wasn't it warranted. Makes, it at makes all. it makes no sense, right? We know WWE just went and released like half of their roster in the past couple of months, even though it doesn't make any sense. But why was Samoa Joe one of the people on the list? All right, you had Samoa Joe on there every single week doing commentary for Raw. He was probably training to get back into the ring. Why did you release him? Like, why? It just doesn't make any sense. Again, I'll say this. Okay, you want to release the Iconics. You want to release, you know, uh, Braun Strowman, Lana. Okay, they're not really adding anything. But Samoa Joe genuinely adds to the product when he's there. Yes, he was genuinely adding something to the raw product. Him on commentary was actually enjoyable. He was actually making the shows somewhat enjoyable, even though they're not. But he was adding something to them. Right. And then in ring, like, he can do anything. He can be a main eventer. He can be a mid-carder. Yep. Like, he's a yep. good quality upper mid-card talent. You don't find those guys every day. And exactly. and if he is cleared to compete and he's going to be wrestling carrying Cross in NXT, that's, I mean, that's a big missed opportunity when they could have had him wrestling on Raw. They could have had him wrestling Bobby Lashley on Raw, or they could have had him facing Roman Reigns on SmackDown. Yeah, 100%, man. And then uh, reason 60, final reason I got here for you is Raw used to be great. And that's just the truth. They're living in their, they're trying to live off their glory days now. We're so it's far so removed annoying. from it. It's so annoying when you go back and watch like an old Raw from like 2005 and you just see how much better it is compared to what they're doing right now. And it alludes to the point where we were talking about earlier about how WWE just don't care about Raw anymore. They don't care to make this show good. They don't care to make this show enjoyable. They don't care to make this show mainstream, etc. WWE can do all those things I just said they could make this show enjoyable they could make this show good they could make this show mainstream but they just don't raw is just not good it's not great it used to be great it still could be great but you know WWE just doesn't want it right exactly man like like you said it pains me like because i think back to like my childhood watching oh you have jeff hardy jumping off the the arena (laughs) bombing randy orton and that's all everybody's talking about what you have nowadays you have matt riddle with birds coming out of his legs yeah, that's that's what we got nowadays. You know, you have just like all this awesome stuff. You know, you have like the like evolution, and yeah, like Brock Lesnar beating up Eddie Guerrero. You know, you had like cool you had stuff, the bel- man. You, you, you had the Batista storyline where he turned on Triple H, etc. Nowadays, you have Drew McIntyre talking about folk stories or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Drew McIntyre and like on commentary, they don't even know how to sell him. 
It's just Raw used to be so good, man. It really did. But yeah, that'd be that's just fall offs. Oh yeah, yeah. That's pretty much everything I got for you guys. And yeah, thank you, bro, for doing this, man. I really appreciate it, bro. No problem. No problem. All right. So for this portion of the podcast, I got Showstopper TV in the building, formerly known as TM161. Great YouTuber, yes, great friend. Somebody you all should subscribe to. You ready to do this, bro? <laughs> you ready to bury raw? Yes, bro. Let's let's bury raw as if it's not already buried enough, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it, this this needed to be done. Somebody had to do this, bro. You know, we just we had to get to this like this point. Raw is just enough is enough with raw, and just burn it down. It's enough. Yeah, like Seth, do like Seth Rollins, bro. Uh, so reason sixty one, why Raw sucks. There's so many rematches. It's ridiculous. Uh, ridiculous. It's it's literally insane. Like this has been a problem for like maybe six years now. Like I remember when the Hardys came back and they fought Cesaro and Sheamus for like six months straight, like twice a month on Raw, had a pay per view again on Raw. It's like like you watered down the matches when you have that many rematches at yes, that point, bro. Yes, like the many matches that we see over and over, Charlotte versus. Uh, Oscar, we got Rhea versus Oscar, a mixture of Alexa Bliss and Nikki Ash, Nikki Ash versus Naomi, Naomi versus Oh Miss Everywhere, bro. I like it. It it, it. it literally makes you lose your marbles, like literally yeah. watching the same matches over and over and over and over and over again. Honestly, bro, like like people wanted AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe, and guess what? We got AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe like a hundred times a few years ago. <laughs> Um, oh, you you want to top that? What about AJ Styles versus Nakamura? Oh my god, that one too. Yeah. Oh yes, god. you get the point. Oh, Enough with these rematches. Yes. Enough. And then uh, reason sixty two. There's too much wrestling every single week. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There's just it's three hours of wrestling matches. It's just matches. There's very few segments. It's just matches. Then on top of that, you got what? On Monday night, there's also AEW Dark, and then there's AEW Dark Elevation, and then there's Dynamite, and, Ring mm-hmm. of Honor, NXT. There's so much content, bro. It's just so, the list, the list go on and on and on, man. Like it's so much wrestling. Is that's why I feel like it's hard to engage with certain superstars because you just see so many of them on the daily, and it's hard to invest in each one because you got so much to look forward to each week. Oh yeah, exactly, bro. All these superstars to get over. Yeah, you know, like, and it's not just a problem with Raw. Well, this is, like, a Raw-centric um, video, so I'll just skip the next reason. Generic, 63. It's a generic show. It's bland. There's no identity. Mm-hmm. There's no edge. There's nothing to it. It's just, oh, like I said, here's some wrestling matches. There you go. Here's some, here's some robots on commentary saying what Vince McMahon wants them to say. <laughs> like, say this for me. Yeah. Yeah, say that. I love it. But let me let me ask also ask that a little bit is like is it generic like you get wrestler A wrestler B come out there and wrestle no hype up for next week or the following week right exactly there's no reason to really like like the reason sixty four there's no talking points there's nothing that's like oh my god I have to go watch Raw next week I have to stop what mm-hmm. I'm doing because wow this happened we got exactly. that once in a year since the pandemic started we got that once. When uh, the Randy Orton and Alexa Bliss, the fireball thing. Yes. Happened. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. And Absolutely. You, yeah, you remember how they followed that up? 
They followed it up perfectly, bro. They followed it up absolutely perfectly. Bro, they followed it up with a Randy Orton interview in the backstage next week to open, like, what, 20 minutes into the show? 20 so, minutes into the show. Yep. Yep. Like, 20 minutes into the show. We get this big cliffhanger that we haven't had in years. And then it's just like Randy Orton's out there. I was burned by Alexa. Like, oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and at 65, the commentators suck. Oh, my God. Do, who like pick, pick your poison? Corey Graves, Byron Saxton, Byron Saxton, and Byron Saxton. And then you add Adnan Verk in there. The the, the re- wrestling Twitter made him hate his life. He quit. Now you got and Jimmy Byron, Smith and, and Byron Saxton. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy Smith. He's just there. He's a guy. WWE tries to bring. You know, they're trying to bring legitimacy. Like, oh, we got a UFC guy. Nobody knows who Jimmy Smith is. Yeah, nobody knows what Jimmy Smith is like, but maybe in time he would get better. He will evolve. Then you got Dave O'Tunk, and he was terrible when he was there. And you also got Byron Saxon. Let's not forget that. <laughs> and they were like, Booker T and JBL, the best commentators we've had in years on Raw. They're like the best in the last 10 years. You had Booker T just, you didn't know what the hell Booker T was oh, saying, man. but he I was entertaining. He was entertaining, bro. His, like, I, I, I love when he always just come out of nowhere with that, what the hell? That line, bro. That line hit me for me with Booker T. I love Booker T says that line. Hey, I remember I watched back Money in the Bank 2011 the other day, and Booker T was screaming as Sin Cara made his entrance. And Jerry Lawler literally looked like turned to him and was like, what are you saying, Booker? <laughs> He's like saying, oh, he was from Mexico. He's Sin Cara. Like, I don't know. I, whatever. But yeah, the commentators, man. Then there's Tom Phillips. Booker T just say stuff like this right quick before we go to the next one. He just say stuff like he's like Rocky Balboa, he's turning them. <laughs> like what does that mean? I'm like, I'll kid you not. He literally says something like that. Uh, <laughs> then we got reason sixty six. Maybe you can answer this because I know none of, nobody listening can answer this. Where is Bray Wyatt? He's gone. Mm. He he took a DDT from Randy Orton three months ago. At WrestleMania, and we haven't seen him since then. I guess that DDT just ended his career. Well, from what I heard, the Bray Wyatt from the from what I've heard anyway is that he was going through a mental phase in which why he like left after Raw. I don't know if that's true because of what happened with uh, Luke Harper. Um, mm. Shout out to Luke, RIP. Um, I hope but- it's okay if that's true. I hope, yeah, I hope he is too. Like, I, I don't know that's true though. That's what I heard from from some sources, but that's what I heard from him. So hopefully he's be back very soon. I'm hearing Mind the Bank upcoming Sunday or possibly after uh Mind the Bank on Raw. I'll just say this: if this is WWE just like holding off Bray Wyatt because they don't want the Fiend character to get stale, then I get that. But mm-hmm. still, the, the show just feels lifeless without Bray Wyatt. Like he was a big talking point since they moved him to Raw after the draft and. Yeah, he's just been without him. The show has felt kind of lifeless. And then mm-hmm. uh, to stay with the Bray Wyatt tone, sixty-seven, the Lily doll. <laughs> what is this? What, what is this Lily doll? <laughs> oh my, bro! I'm I'm like waiting. Like I'm I'm looking at the doll, and I'm like I'm asking myself, are we going to get something different from this doll? We got a doll on Raw. Let's put this holiness. Lately, it's been missing for whatever reason that I still can't think of. And I'm just wondering, why? Why is why? there a Lily doll? And, and is, is Lily doll's possessing Nia Jax. It's possessing Shayna Baszler. It, nobody oh, wants to see this. They got Shayna good, though. 
But it also killed like her uh her like her um gimmick though, you know? Oh yeah, definitely killed whatever was left of her gimmick. Exactly, Shayna's whatever she had. <laughs> and then uh, Reason 68, the format hasn't changed in 10 plus years. But True. It's been the same rinse, wash, repeat. You got three hour show, you get a promo at the top of the show, then you get a three commercial match, then you get another lazy interview in the back, then a, a tag team <laughs> match, and then another three commercial match, and then at 10 o'clock you get another interview, maybe a Miz TV, and then another three commercial match, and then you end the show with either a match or a corny segment. Speaking of Miss TV, y'all, just for those watching, just remember my my warning to you. When you kick off with Miss TV, you're in for a bad night. Oh, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Just remember that, guys. Remember that. And and Reason 69, boring go-home shows. Oh, we, hey, we just had one just now. We just recently had one. Freaking the only like great thing I really enjoyed was the end of the segment when Lashley was getting serious to MVP. Other than that, we had the same rinse and repeat. We talked about this already. Rematch once again. We had Bliss. We had um, Naomi. We had Oscar and Nikki Ash all in the same ring. We had, we seen that match constantly every week leading up to that point. Also, once again with um with Charlotte and once again um Rhea. Again, another segment with those two. I still don't know what they're doing. Still don't understand what that feud is. Hill versus Hill dynamic. Who are you cheering for? I don't even. Know. I don't know, man. It's 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 wild. It's wild. I don't know. It's like you, you, we what the pay per view money in the bank is this Sunday, and you wouldn't know it by Raw, like you said. It was just rinse, wash, repeat. Whatever. Rinse, wash, and repeat. I swear, it's like they want to get to these shows just to get to the next. It's it's annoying. But then, yeah, Reason 70, the last one for you, TM. This theme song, every theme song the last 10 years, they've been lame. This one especially <laughs> is just lame. It doesn't make me hype for Raw. Back in the nope. day in the Ruthless Aggression era, the Attitude era, the theme song used to get you hyped. Like, yeah, yo, I'm pumped. We're going to watch a nice show at 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, whatever time, you, whatever time zone you're in. Absolutely, man. Like, it's, 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 it's literally got no... I think the best way to put it is... It doesn't hit your soul. This theme song we got now don't hit your soul. It don't get you like amped up, excited for the show, going into it. And what makes it worse is when we when we hear the theme song, when there was no fireworks, that makes it even worse. Because also fireworks helps you get amped up for the show as well. The only time you get fireworks, well, beforehand was only on pay-per-views, but now they just added that back. So I love the fact that we got fireworks again, but still the theme song still don't hit my soul. It doesn't. It doesn't. It like nope. we, we could we could beat this. We could beat a dead horse here with this one. But the theme song is important, man. It's all important. You gotta hit it hard, though. You gotta hit it hard, man. <laughs> Seriously, come on, <laughs> hit my soul, please. Like, come on, man. Like, like, get me pumped up for the show. I know it's insane, but yeah. Th- thank you, t- thank you, Showstopper TV. Thank you for doing this. I'm so, I'm so I want to call you TM. <laughs> hey, call, call me that, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm literally still TM, bro. Even though we show stop with TV now, so you can still call me TM, bro. I would love that. I would love that very much. Hey, bro, it's always good talking to you, man. Like I said, everybody follow this guy. Check him out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. YouTube, of course. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it, y'all. Appreciate that. Thank you so much, brother, for having me on and taking away for the next segment. All right. So you, you just heard from Showstopper TV. But the guests don't stop there. We got SCW Steve in the building now for the next 10 reasons. 
SCW. Steve, how you doing, pal? I'm really good, thank you. Thanks for us on the channel once again. It's great to be here, and uh, yeah, looking forward to talking about this. And uh, yeah, we've got some fun reasons of uh, why Raw's not really doing so well now, right now. Oh yeah, reason seventy-one. Let's be honest, two-hour Raws were just better. Like that's what. What more can I say? Two-hour Raws were better. It was easy flowing. You knew from like nine p.m. to eleven p.m. Eastern time where I am, you were gonna see a good show. You're gonna see. Whether it was like Triple H cutting a 25-minute promo, that was okay because at least the show was only like an hour and a half to go from there. You know, like you remember, then you remember like in 2014, 15, when Triple H and Stephanie were doing those half-hour monologues on Raw. It's like, oh man, I still got to sit through another two and a half hours of this show, you know? Yeah, you can't forget it, can you? I mean, like you say, like back then, things just flowed so much quicker. And you see with two-hour shows now how fast it can go. Raws these days just seem to drag. And I feel like we see a lot of the mistakes from the old days. You go back to like the 90s, for example. You go back to WCW. Nitro went to three hours. And all of a sudden, everything is so, so fun, quick, and fresh. You have to sort of find the filler parts of the show to kind of fill it out because you haven't got so much material to use. So I find with Raw these days, they're making those sort of same mistakes that WCW made back then, which is crazy because they did everything then to beat WCW with that fast-paced environment. But using it with Raw, there's so much filler on the shows. There's just, you know, it's it's very hard to to get that engagement for so long without feeling burned out. Would you agree? Absolutely. I would 100% agree. It's just even if the, even if like the show is good like like the Raws were good in 2014, you still felt fatigue, and it's not really so much like okay if if if, if you had one wrestling show a week and you have a three hour show that's fine, but then you add NXT and SmackDown and then if you watch AEW or if you watch New Japan, you're watching hours and hours of wrestling by that point. Yeah, it's it's quantity over quality all day long. Oh yeah, so so reason seventy two is taken away, Steve. Finish the storylines you start. Yeah, literally. I mean, you have to have a, a goal from where you start your storyline, where your middle goal is, and where your end goal is. And of course, with WWE, you're booking things by the fly, or sometimes you look at storylines, particularly with Raw in the last year. I mean, Retribution, what happened? That storyline just didn't finish. It, it burnt away so quickly. All these start-stop pushes you get where you think to yourself, well, we've got a direction for a superstar. Angel Garza looks like he's getting a push. Yes, he's sticking a, a rose up Drew Gulak's butt, but still, that was the push he was getting. But still, it's dropped after three weeks. It's very classic WWE. We get something to begin with, and then it completely fades away. And I think Retribution is a fine example of that. The you know it was leading even to where the SmackDown hacker thing was going to be brought into that storyline instead of actually being brought to Raw and making a big thing of it for weeks and weeks upon end. Mustafa Ali just sort of just says it. It's it's done. It's finished with. It's not even made anything into. So yeah, finish the storylines you start. Make something of it. Keep us engaged and make sure that start that middle, and that end. And you can then use that to link onto where you're going through further and actually engage the viewer who is watching on a weekly basis. Man, well said. And and I just, I'll add this before we get to the next reason. How about that storyline they did five years ago where Shane McMahon was going to be given Raw if he beat The Undertaker? And then it's like, oh, wait, here's, here's SmackDown, Shane, after he loses. And then, like, that could have been one of the best storylines. You have Shane McMahon come in and Shane just, like, paints a new, a new coat over Raw. We get a different show, but whatever. I'm rambling now at this point. Reason 73, make us care. Can we get something that, like, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I don't want to watch anything else on TV? Can I not think that? Because the only thing I'm thinking as Raw is on, I'm like, 
I could watch a million things. I could watch a baseball game. I could watch soccer. I could watch whatever. I could watch YouTube channels. I could watch Netflix. Like, there's no reason for me to sit down and watch Raw anymore. It's so true. It's so true. I mean, the thing is, like, Raw, we've said already how the length of the show is, but you say with these other things, you're you're engaged and you care about it. You watch a, a soccer game. You know, you want to see your team win. You'll stick with it to the end. You watch a, a series that you really enjoy. You could be watching, you know, Bonafide Heat or SCW on YouTube, you're caring what's going to be said. But with Monday Night Raw, you just don't have that feeling anymore, that engagement. And when you look, and we, we mentioned in Raw here, and you went back to 2015, I've just done a retro from 2011, CM Punk, the summer of Punk, the pipe bomb, where everything felt so, uh, you cared about everything that went on during that period. Because with CM Punk, you genuinely believed the guy was going to leave the company. And would he leave with the WWE Championship? Yes, that culminated at a pay-per-view, but every Raw leading up to that, if CM Punk was on there, you you weren't going anywhere else. It wasn't the time to, to you know to put the kettle on or go and grab a beer. You were sitting right in front of your TV set, and you couldn't miss a second of what Punk was going to say. Absolutely. But yeah, seventy four. Use wrestlers to their strengths. If Ricochet is known for acrobatics and doing crazy matches, let him go out there and have crazy matches. Or if you have a guy like Bray Wyatt that's really good on promos, make him a manager. Maybe create a new star and have like the Fiend manage a wrestler. Something like that for a little while. Like that's just a random idea, but it could work. But then, like, like you look at the, back to the Ricochet point. Like WWE, they have to put a guy into the WWE factory and make him wrestle the WWE style, and they have to cut promos. Just have Ricochet come out and like make his, you know, make him be built around what he does best, and then maybe people will stop hating on him when you put a microphone in his hand and he's clearly not comfortable with it. Absolutely. I mean, what's that thing you did on Miss TV the other week where he kind of was just spelling out and it just it felt so cringe watching? I mean, I'm a massive Ricochet fan. And like you say, it, it's using someone to their strengths. The guy's a high flyer. He He's a wow factor. When you watch him do his matches where he jumps off the top rope and, and, and you know, high cross bodies John Morrison into like the Thunderdome. Like you, you kind of think, oh, that's quite cool. You're using the guy to his strength. But like you say, you put the mic in his hand. It just doesn't work. It's a, it's a strategy you go back to from ECW back in the day. Paul Heyman would always try and take away the negatives because he didn't have the, the production value that a WWE had back in the 90s. So he had to use everything to its strengths, whether it was the small arena, whether it was the superstars in the ring. And if they would actually translate it to Raw, where they actually have all the budget, all the production, everything that goes with it, I mean, you'd have to be having megastars each and every week you'd be watching on a TV screen. Oh, yeah, absolutely, bro. And then the 75, you could take this one, GMs. What GMs? There's no GMs anymore. Not really. I mean, yes, okay, we've got WWE officials in Sonya Deville and Adam Pearce, but I mean, are they real GMs? What about the real good old days? We had proper GMs where they were like the narrative around the show and they had a purpose, whether it was a good guy that was there, like, um, you know, you can say like a Mick Foley or whatever that was saying his piece or a Kurt Angle. Yes, all right, sometimes they fluffed their lines in 2016 and 17, but still they were a point of the show. If you go back, though, to like the real uh, you know, our day, if you want, those ruthless aggression days, uh, Kevin, we, we we talk about Eric Bischoff being there and that sort of heel factor. Yes, okay, we have seen it and done it, but the thing is, it's a focal point that works around the show. You've got someone that's working whether they want the good things for the good superstars or, you know, to benefit the bad superstars. And that really is is been missing. I know that the fans are supposed to have been in control of Raw for what, the last three years, but I really don't think we have been because well, there's a reason we're doing this video, isn't it? There's a reason you've invited me on. So I think we need GMs back and I think there are some good gems out there if you look at sort of nxt with william regal it's never been broken so why why fix it do you know what i mean so i think gms do need to come back i agree well i agree like stone cold eric bischoff is gm some of my fondest memories watching raw 
Yeah, Reason 76, Raw versus SmackDown. We I know the brand split's going to be a thing because SmackDown is on Fox and Fox wants all the stars and this and that, all the, the good things that come with Fox. But why can't we just get randomly, like, Randy Orton shows up on SmackDown or Roman Reigns shows up on, like, one episode of Raw or, like, two weeks straight on Raw and we get... Because you remember back when um Roman and Drew were feuding, they did everything on SmackDown. Drew went to SmackDown. So I, I don't understand why we can't get, like, just to keep things interesting. Just get a little bit inner um inner promotion between Raw and SmackDown. It's a lot of sense. I mean, you mentioned about the TV networks there, for example. I mean, like you say, Fox getting what they want out of it and Raw. Well, how about they get the best of all worlds? Maybe we actually, we mentioned GMs in the last one. Why not it actually become a rivalry where, you know, it's an invasion. We have Raw going to SmackDown, SmackDown going to Raw. Like you said, we get those superstars intertwining each other. Maybe the, the classic super shows we've got. Remember with Raw back in like 2012, everyone was under one roof for one show. And that way we can really make something happen. We can even use it to a point actually where you could find like with those GMs and Raw versus SmackDown, you could find loopholes of finding ways where superstars would actually, rather than waiting for a draft, actually, you know, you know, defect from one brand and go to the other. Can you imagine, like you said there, with Roman Reigns, can you imagine if Roman Reigns was talked in going to Monday Night Raw and actually leaving SmackDown behind? Like That would be a mega storyline. People would be talking about that. That would be something, I don't know, it would just be something special. See, it, Raw versus SmackDown, you know, one night a year. Well, it's never one night at Survivor Series. Let's make it a proper thing. We can actually make it where it could be a, a rivalry that could last for years. Oh, yeah. If done right, it could, it could work. And uh, Reason 77, stop burying NXT. And I, I'm talking about Charlotte mainly. You put Charlotte back from Raw. You put her down to NXT. She wins the Royal Rumble. She chooses to face Rhea Ripley. It's supposed to be this big deal. Oh, my God. Charlotte Flair, the biggest star in the women's division. She wins the Royal Rumble. She doesn't want to face the Raw Women's Champion. She doesn't want to face a SmackDown Women's Champion. She faces the NXT Women's Champion. And then she beats um, Rhea Ripley. And now what? Rhea Ripley hasn't felt the same since then. Now Rhea Ripley's on Raw, and it's just she's there. But it's the old adage, too, like, NXT guys are just going to get buried. That's just how, what it's been like for the majority of them. You got guys that come in, like Aleister Black comes up to Raw. You got Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. They come up to Raw and they're just, nobody knows who they are and they're not used properly. And I mean, it's just, it is what it is with NXT talent. They, they come up and Vince just, Vince messes with them. You have these perfect, like Andrade. Andrade was perfect with Selena Vega as El Idolo. And then you got Vince. He gets Vince gets his hands on him. He's out there. He's making him cut promos in English, and it just it doesn't work. It really doesn't work. And like you said, the the, the use of NXT. I mean, you mentioned uh, the idea of their Charlotte Rhea Ripley. I mean, Rhea Ripley since coming to like Raw has not felt like the Rhea Ripley we saw previously. Rhea Ripley, she was like the biggest star in NXT at one point. I mean, she won the NXT Women's Championship from Shayna Baszler, and, and you know was on a, an absolute you know she was on the rocket, wasn't she, to the top? Yeah. Yes. She's the Raw Women's Champion right now, but that storyline could have been actually used for Rhea and Charlotte now. The fact that, you know, you, you beat me at WrestleMania and I need to beat you. Use Charlotte to actually get Rhea Ripley over, but instead, like you say, they're just bury NXT. And I know we're kind of going with SmackDown here just for the minute, but you look at the fact as well with Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knox coming up. You're dropping some of the names and stuff like that. Things aren't connecting together and people find it very underwhelming. And the thing is as well, I mean, what's going to go on there with, with Piper Niven or Dewdrop? shall we say. I mean, that name, <laughs> what's going on there with, with Eva Marie as well? Like, there's there's so much of NXT where, okay, we understand that they're separate brands, but you're building this talent up to become the future of the company. So when they get to, to Raw or SmackDown as well, but we're going to focus on Raw here, make sure that they become stars, continue that momentum. It feels like there's a real disconnect between NXT and Raw. 
Yeah, you're right. And, and reason seventy eight. This one is ridiculous. I mean, come on. You got a you got somebody that's working backstage that doesn't even know the name of the WWE champion, and they're and they're in charge of the storylines. They're a writer. Yeah, you got Cadice Mobley. She called Bobby Lashley Bobby Ashley. She said something online. I'm paraphrasing in an interview. Oh, I think the WWE champion. I think his name is Bobby Ashley or whatever. Like, and that's someone that's writing TV. Like, come on, can we get people that know wrestling back there? Please, please, we desperately need it. Like, I mean, I do feel sorry for the girl. I mean, she, she obviously she lost her job. They reports claim that it was nothing to do with this, but I mean, of course, it did seem convenient. It was on the same week, but like mm-hmm. at the same time, this girl, she obviously wanted to learn about wrestling, and she just was caught in a bad position. But the thing is, for us fans, what hope does it give us to think like, yeah, Monday Night Raw has been written by people that know nothing about wrestling because like it comes to the point where us fans we seem to know a lot more than the people writing it. and you start to think that we could probably do a better job i mean could you imagine us writing monday night raw for a week oh yeah i mean geez yeah <laughs> we could write a pretty edit- damn entertaining show you know but instead what we get to transition here is a reliance on part-time stars and one in particular that i know you love to talk about is goldberg that's just what we get. Instead of like, oh, let's create new storylines. It's like, oh, we'll bring Goldberg in and we'll run some clips of him beating up Hulk Hogan from 20 years ago. And everybody's going to love it. And people are going to cheer and the kids are going to be happy, pal. <laughs> exactly. We're going to start that streak once again. 180 wins in a row over all your favorite superstars. The thing is, is like, there's no problem bringing Goldberg back when it's like against a Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler's had his time. You can see him spear. It doesn't harm anybody. But when he comes back and he beats like your favorite superstar at the time, um, I know you're not a big or massive Kevin Owens fan. I was like, couldn't believe it when he would beat him in 21 seconds. But Brock Lesnar's another fine example. And regardless of if it's Raw or SmackDown, whether it's The Fiend, you see all these superstars that you think could be built. And then they bring Goldberg in. Who, this stage of the game isn't going to be carrying your company for the next five or 10 years. You need people that can actually take the show to the next level. Where's your next Cena? Where's your next Orton? You know, we need those guys to come through and get to the top. I always think about Damien Priest. We talked about him a lot around WrestleMania on my channel and how the fact he could be a top star for the company, how he's got that potential. And instead, he's in the backstage, not doing nothing for many, many weeks. And then he comes back and he's involved in a battle royale. You see Goldberg come back on Raw at the start of this year and he's immediately got a championship match at the Royal Rumble. Yeah, exactly. It's just like I said, it's just like they'll show some clips. You're like, oh yeah, this is Goldberg. Remember him? And like, okay, whatever. You know, it's just, <laughs> it's silly. But yeah, I mean, I don't think anything's going to change. This show is dead for a reason, right? So reason 80, the amount of writers, and I don't know what, what the exact number is, but they probably have anywhere from 15 to 20 people writing Raw alone. And the show is still just trash. It still sucks. It does, man. There's too many cooks in the kitchen. That's the problem. I mean, if you go back to, I mean, we, we say here, we're talking about the 90s here with Goldberg coming back, but let's talk about the writers in the form of the 90s. Back in the day, we had a, a handful of people where it was mainly, you know, Vince Russo and Ed Ferrara. It was the most successful time ever in, in wrestling to watch Monday Night Raw. And there was just a few writers because they had their brain working on the storylines. And we mentioned that, that start, middle and finish because they had like full focus on what the storyline direction was going to be. If you've got one week, someone writing one part, the storyline then it gets to the next week someone else is writing the storyline there's going to be a real disconnect and with like 20 people around the table surely not everyone is thinking on the same wavelength yeah oh yeah it's it's unbelievable just it blows my mind that bruce pritchard vince russo and jim Cornette in the 90s could produce a really good wrestling show then you bring in like 25 people that are probably like 35 years old 
And they're, they're all like scared of their job because they're intimidated by Vince McMahon. They don't want to do anything wrong. And like, that's what happens when you have an environment like that, where you just create a bunch of yes men. And unfortunately, we've seen this every week now. We just get a dead show. Raw is just not interesting. But and, uh, SCW, thank you so much for doing this, man. I really appreciate it. It's always great talking to you, bro. No, it's great talking to you. Thank you so much for having me on. And uh, yeah, it's, it's great to be here. And uh, yeah, looking forward to hearing the rest of the reasons from everybody else. Now, for this portion, I have Rated R for wrestling in the building. How you doing, sir? What is going on, man? Thank you for having me. Having me. I'm just happy to be here, you know? Yeah, you're like a jobber, right? From WWE. Just happy to be here. Pretty much just hanging out and catering, just mingling. Just happy to be there. <laughs> happy to rub elbows. And happy to, you know, have Triple H deny your creative ideas. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to bury Raw. Got 10 reasons for you. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Rated R for Wrestling is a YouTuber out here in the, the YWC, pal. And he's got a great channel, so check him out. <clears throat> yeah, with that being said, reason 81 why Raw fucking sucks. There's no baby faces. Zero. Literally, like, the biggest baby face on Raw right now is Kofi Kingston. And is he even a baby face? Drew McIntyre, we'll see if he's a baby face when live crowds return next week. I have a feeling he's going to get, like, the Cena treatment where people are going to boo him. But other than that, there's, like, no over baby face that 100% of the audience loves and people pay to see and people tune into Raw to see. There's just, they just don't have that right now. Yeah, they definitely don't. I mean, Drew is going to be interesting. Like, it is. If he keeps going on these long diatribes and these weird stories, these far-fetched tales of Loch Ness Monster and all this other <laughs> weird crap that he's doing. I don't think he, people are going to uh, really cheer that. So he's gonna not going to be a baby face in the, in the traditional sense. Kofi Kingston, the only one. He's obviously the only one that has sympathy, the only one he can get behind. Maybe Riddle, but even then, I'm not sure about that. Uh, it's just a bunch of guys who are just there in obscurity. Nobody really has a set path when it comes to being a, a over baby face. And there seems to be no end in sight of bad baby faces or none at all baby faces on Monday Night Raw. Absolutely. Reason 82. Work rate matches do not draw. I'll say it again. Work rate matches don't draw. There's no interest in when you have Raw, a three-hour episode of Monday Night Raw that's filled with, what, six, seven matches? That are like, oh, you know, it's a great tag team match for 10 minutes where Natalia and Tamina, they do great arm drags. Nobody's interested in that. The masses don't want to see it, right? Definitely not. I mean, to be honest with you, it's the marquee that sells the show. The names on the marquee is what sells the show. No, like... In the end, people are going to remember maybe two moves out of the whole thing and the ending of the match, pretty much. So the stuff in ring isn't as important as the stuff on the mic, character development. So the work rate doesn't draw money, doesn't draw fans, doesn't put people in the seats, doesn't put butts in the seats. Because in the end, you're only going to really remember the ending and what happens after the after the match is done. Hey, if we're talking about like Mandy Rose's work rate, I, I think that could That's draw. That's a totally different story. Yeah, that kind of work rate could draw if given the opportunity to show off the, the skills that she has learned from the performance center. But I digress. Uh, reason 83. Everybody looks the same. Like, you've got what? Matt, when McIntyre and Randy Orton were feuding, what's the difference between these guys? They're both like mid-30s, mid to late 30s white men with black trunks on that are pretty muscular. What is the difference between them? There's a lot of guys look alike. 
I mean, it's like similar to the eighties where everybody was kind of blonde hair and just jacked. You know, it's it's everybody's really similar. There's not too many people that are different. You need different body types. You need different looking people. It's just not everybody can have long hair and beards and facial hair and, and short trunks and same color colorways, all that stuff like that. When it comes to standing out in the crowd, there's not a lot of that going on in on Monday Night Raw right now. No, there's not. Like you look at Raw, the roster. What? Okay, you've got Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton. They wear the same exact attire. They look exactly the same. Bobby Lashley, he wears the same attire. Yes, his skin color is darker, but he still wears the same exact attire that McIntyre and Orton wear. Then you look at the women. They all wear the same, like, two-piece, like the, the, I don't even know what you would call it, like the crop top and the shorts, or they wear the pants. They all look the same, aside from, like, The Fiend, and we haven't seen The Fiend in forever, and then Alexa Bliss with her Lily doll. Everybody else looks exactly the same. Then at reason 84, the 24-7 title. This title adds nothing to the show. Just It, it just doesn't add anything, right? It adds absolutely nothing. It's a horseshit title that was just brought up to kind of bring back or try to relive that whole hardcore title moment that we all liked when we were kids. If you were a kid during that era or growing up during the Attitude Era when Crash Holly in a ball pit fighting guys in the airport, all that stuff like that. You felt like it was going to happen that way or they were going to try to play it off like that, but the shit didn't end up working out in the end. And it's just a, a worthless title that all you really see of it now is literally like guys running through matches and just disappearing. Uh, the run around the uh, around the arena and then run back and then I mean it's it's so useless of a title that even Bad Bunny was like I don't even have to like defend this I'm just gonna give it up uh, you know nobody even it's just like I'm gonna give it back to our truth and then that was it I mean people that have won it Kelly Kelly uh I think Gerald <laughs> Briscoe's won that thing yeah, Pat, yes. Pat, yeah it's just like the names of it's just it's stupid as hell I mean the, the mystique of the hardcore title has been I think tarnished by the fact that they brought this title out not to mention it's ugly as hell looking yeah you mentioned Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny, he's like the only significant winner of that championship. The only significant yeah. 24-7 title moment because it's literally like he's a celebrity. He's not supposed to win any other title. So they're like, oh, exactly. we'll, we'll give him the 24-7 title. We'll let him parade it on SNL. And it's cool because it's a big moment for him because he's actually winning a championship that is WWE, but it's only going to mean something to an outsider. No wrestler should be aspiring to be 24-7 champion. Like if Drew Gulak is sitting in the locker room with Daniel Bryan doing yoga stretches and humping Otis, and he's like, oh, I want to be 24-7 champion, then there's something wrong with him. All right. Uh, reason 85, Nikki Ash. Yeah. Uh, now, not, I'm not against Nikki Cross and his character. I'm okay with her trying something different, looking different, and the ambition behind it. The problem I have with this is the fact that Nikki Cross and a superhero gimmick is like the most talked about thing on Raw the past month. There's literally nothing else that people have been talking about. This is it. Yeah, when Nikki Cross is a superhero is the only takeaway from Monday Night Raw most weeks. You know your show is not working that well. It's it's the the point also like Ash, it kind of sounds like ass a lot of the times when they're saying it. So it sounds like they're saying Nikki ass a lot of the times. <laughs> but yeah, when this is the only thing you're taking away from the show or one of your biggest takeaways, it's not that great of a look because the character just started. You can't really get behind it too much because nothing really good has happened with it. It's been kind of cringy a little bit. We're looking forward to what it might become because we've seen, you know, superhero in, in training Rosie. We've seen Molly Holly. We've seen the hurricane. We've seen the, that type of stuff work before. So mm -hmm. this could possibly work. But at this point, for it to be the main takeaway from Monday Night Raw, it ain't looking too good for Monday nights. Nah, that ain't it, Chief. Yeah, the reason 86, there's no more Playboy bunnies. 
That was a great part of Raw. I'll let you go in on, on this one. This is an interesting one because as a young child, you know, young guy, young boy growing up during that era where you got to see all that crazy stuff they were doing, the Attitude Era and the Ruthless Aggression Era, the HLA, all that stuff like that, you know, them advertising their wrestlers being in Playboy and stuff like that. We all we all dug it the most. Uh, things have changed a bit, but I think there's still a crowd, uh, you know, an audience that you can cater towards for that because there's still younger gentlemen that kind of want to see that type of stuff, you know, especially and older guys too. I mean, just you know, it's not like the shit don't exist no more. I mean, Playboy's still a thing, uh, models are still a thing. So if you want to have them on the show, why the hell not? Yeah, I'll just say this: that what Playboy bunnies and like when I say Playboy bunnies, I mean like you had Sable. Tori Wilson, Candace Michelle, I think she did Playboy. You had China doing Playboy. And you had, like, women that were attractive. And yes, it's okay. It's okay that women are doing, like, all the things that men can do. That's great. I love it. But you can have a little bit of that here and there. And, like, without that on the show, it just feels empty. Like, that would draw average people. The average normal, like, kid, like, 12-year-old kid would be like, oh, yeah, I want to watch that. Like, that's... You know, I mean, watching Candace Michelle, Tori Wilson, and Sable back in the day kind of helped me get through puberty. Kelly Kelly especially, so shout out to them. But uh, that's enough personal information there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I mean, like, I just miss those days. Candace Michelle, I had the biggest crush on her. I still do. She's still uh, amazing. Reason 87. They got rid of the Raw Underground strippers. Raw Underground could have been something. And then the, like, the SJWs just took away the strippers. And then it was like, all right, now it's just Dolph Ziggler and Braun Strowman beating up jobbers in while well, they're wearing white beaters. Yeah, Raw Underground was an interesting thing when it first dropped. And, it, it, you know, the strippers and the whole dancer thing was it, it was a cool aspect because it felt like underground fight club. You would have something like that. Look, if you're going to get upset about that type of shit, like I was, you know, I'd be, you know, I'd be cool with them just doing one week girl strippers one week men strippers i mean screw it right like everybody gets their own type of thing going there uh so just do it that way but why get rid of it in general i mean it wasn't really like they were naked whatsoever anyways they weren't stripping it literally they were just kind of dancing there it if it, it, it lended itself to the style that raw underground was trying to portray and if shane mcmahon wanted that shit there why not just leave it right yeah it's, uh, it's yeah they ruined they ruined raw underground men Fucking Twitter, bro. WWE needs to stop listening to Twitter. That's a video I'm probably going to make one day. Exactly, yes. <laughs> Reason 88. There's cheesy, generic go-home segments for the theme pay-per-views, like TLC, Money in the Bank. You know, when, when it's TLC time, you have, like, Dolph Ziggler and John Cena beating each other up, and then they put each other through a table, steal chairs, you know, Money in the Bank. You got somebody goes on SmackDown, they grab the briefcase. Oh, I'm wrong, sorry. They grab the briefcase like, oh, yeah, this guy's going to win. Oh, he's going to win, Kang. He's my favorite, Kang. Uh, all right, go ahead. I'm, 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 I can get into aneurysm. <laughs> yeah. Th- these really cheesy go-home segments for gimmicky pay-per-views are the worst because they like force it down your throat and they just do it like overdo it for no reason like when the royal rumble comes around you got to have all these guys in the in in the ring the in the week before battling each other and tossing each other over the top to kind of like tease the royal rumble we all know what the royal rumble is we know what the stipulation is we know what, what the match is about you don't have to kind of continuously kind of like tease at it same thing with ladder matches money in the bank you have to have these guys in the ring cutting a promo all standing around the ladder like we don't know they're gonna be in a ladder match uh it, it, it 
it sours the whole thing for it because you're already expecting what you're going to get. You already know that Monday Night Raw starts off every Monday Night Raw with like a 27-minute promo in the middle of the ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't need to add the other stuff to it knowing we all know what's going to happen anyways. Oh, yeah. Exactly, bro. Then the 89, it's a three-hour rerun. It's the same matches. It's like for six weeks, you can see Lana getting put through a table by Nia Jax. It's the same freaking thing every single week. Same format. Same, you know, same matches. Like I said, you just, you watch one Raw, and then you watch Raw three weeks later. And it's like, you literally could just watch the same show. It's like a copy and paste. It, it literally is like Groundhog Day, just the wrestling version of it. And it's just nonstop the same thing. Like I said, every show starts off with a 27-minute promo, then a match, then another backstage segment, then a match, then another backstage segment, then a promo, and then a match, and then the main event. Uh, and a bunch of other nonsense in between. But if you've seen one Monday Night Raw over the past six, seven, eight months, you've seen every other episode of Monday Night Raw over the past six, seven, eight months. How many times are you going to see uh, Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley or Charlotte versus Asuka, Rhea Ripley versus Asuka, same matches over and over again? It, it becomes ridiculous. You got like three tag teams and they all face each other nonstop. Makes no sense. Yeah, Raw is so predictable. It's been like that for the maybe like what? 10 years now it's pretty been much just predictable yeah. yeah then reason 90 the lack of a build to wrestlemania just you would the go home raw for wrestlemania used to be the biggest raw if not one of if not one of the biggest raws of the year but now it's just like oh you know you got apollo cruz against alistair black in a 25 minute match that's gonna get us hyped for you know wrestlemania in six days yeah, the builds have been extremely terrible. Now, knowing that WrestleMania is your hottest time of the year and everybody kind of tunes in during that time, you get people tuning in and out throughout the year. But once it gets to WrestleMania season, everybody pretty much tunes into every single weekly Monday Night Raw. And the fact that you're not making every single every single weekly Monday Night Raw the best Raw possible building up to your biggest show of the year makes no sense. It happens in every other sport. When World Cup season comes around, everybody starts to pay attention when you know, Super Bowl, the playoffs start, you're already, you start paying attention more and you're expecting better stuff because of the high stakes. So you would assume that Raw would be the same way leading up to the biggest show of the year, but it's not. And it seems like they don't care. People are going to show up for WrestleMania anyway. So what the hell does it matter if Raw is good or not? And then we get the Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania, which is already formulaic as you already know it's going to happen. Surprise people coming out. But the build up to it is extremely, extremely lackluster. And it kind of sours it. I mean, you may get surprised by WrestleMania actually being pretty good, but you're not excited going up into it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like since like WrestleMania 31, just the build on Raw has been terrible. Like, yeah, like a SmackDown going into WrestleMania 33, it was pretty good. But if you think back, like you go back to WrestleMania 31, what was the buildup, the big buildup for WrestleMania? You had Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, two grown men playing tug of war over the championship. And then Randy Orton be like, I'm going to get my hands on you, Seth. And then what was the buildup for like 32 on Raw? It was Roman Reigns getting slapped by Stephanie McMahon. She's like asserting her dominance over him. It's just ridiculous, bro. You look at what was the build for 30? What was it? 34. You remember the build for Roman and Brock for that for that um, for that main event? Hell no. I do not remember that build whatsoever. Yeah, then what? WrestleMania 35, the build up for the big match that we all wanted, Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch, turned out being like Vince coming out there. Oh, damn, we want more Charlotte Flair. Oh. So, yeah, I mean, the build for WrestleMania the last six years is awful, and I'll leave it on that note. Mr. Rated R for Wrestling, thank you for doing this, bro. It's always great talking to you. Yeah, it's always great being on your channel. I always love to rub elbows with all the other uh, YouTubers out there.
Yeah, go Mets. Go Mets, baby. All right, to close out this wonderful video, I've already done 90 reasons, but you know what? That's not enough. We got to do 10 more. I'm going to bring in J-Reds, the closer. Mariana Rivera, as uh, I would like to call him. What's going on, Jay? What's going on, bro? I'm doing good, man. What's up, my boy? And once again, you know what I'm saying? Back on here with my boy, Bonafide Heat. You know, to, to you know, saying to bring some true bomb to this terrible fucking show. No, that's fucking raw. A big pile of shit. And, you know, and I got and I got some beautiful reasons right here, man. Some beautiful, beautiful fucking reasons. Yeah, yeah, you, you boys gonna have to fucking hear. You know what I'm saying? You know, this is gonna be a fun. You know, the, the close. Like, this is the closer, right? This is the closer. Yeah, you're the closer. Right, so this is the closer, man. So. Yeah, hey, you're, you're coming in out the bullpen. You're coming in. You're throwing 101 miles per hour, right, 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 at, right at the forehead. Hell yeah, doing that fucking fast ball. Somebody fat ass don't. That's what the fuck we're doing. And yeah, this is gonna be the close of this shit, you know. So, like, you, you trying to get it going right now? Yeah, let's, let's do it. Go ahead, give us the first reason. All right, so now, so reason number one: too much Charlotte Flair, too much of the fucking She Hawk. Like, like you know, CC's terrible. You know, we all know Charlotte Flair is terrible. We all know that's a man. I don't, I don't understand how a man is involved in the women's division, by the way. But I know it's, it's all so many trains nowadays in the women's division, so surprise. <laughs> but yeah, it's too much fucking Charlotte Flair. She's fucking horrible. And plus, when she's fucking feuding with this fucking golf bitch named Rhea Ripley, it's not making it any better. You know, you got two bad motherfuckers, two terrible mic workers, and absolutely a fucking disgusting sight to fucking look at. So it scares, scares me, bro. No, seriously, bro. Bonafide. She yeah. scares me. Yeah, she, face, she don't look normal no more, bro. She scares me, bro. She's like a fucking bat. A fucking bat mixed with Dave Meltzer. Like, I'm getting too much. Like, she's like a damn shapeshifter. You know, one moment she's looking like her father. The next moment she's looking like motherfucking Dave Meltzer. Yeah, like, don't forget yeah, Dolph Ziggler. Oh, yeah, we know that's Dolph Ziggler. Drag. We, know, we all know that's Dolph Ziggler in drag, too. Don't, don't, get, don't, don't get it wrong. But, yeah, too much fucking Charlotte Flair, man. Let's get, the, get her the fuck out. I don't understand why they keep involving Charlotte Flair. And we got a fucking title scene every fucking time, bro. She's terrible. We're tired of seeing this bitch. Stop putting her in the fucking title scene. It's not making it any better when you got a few one of other trash fucking people that we don't care about. And, and it's you know not it's not just that. It's like she has three segments on Raw. Like why? why? Why do we need so much damn Charlotte Flair? We need her in the beginning of the show, in the middle, towards the end. Like why? Why do we have so much Charlotte everywhere? I guess it's it's the way to think that. Oh my, yeah, she's the face of the women's division still. No, motherfucker. She's, she's the ass of the women's division, and she's the fucking trash of the women's division. We don't need to have her in the middle and the end or the beginning. Nobody want, nobody turns on the TV to see some goblin flare on the fucking TV screen when you turn the fucking shit on. Nobody wants to fucking see that shit. Get her to fu- like, cut down that shit. It's cool. Okay, in the middle, fine. But th- th- get, her, get her away from the beginning. Get her away from the fucking end. Oh, God. Oh, de- oh God. Good Lord. Definitely get her away from the main event scene. Holy yeah, fuck! Let's not have that again. Uh, I, I remember a few months ago when they ended Raw by having her kick a referee in the ribs. I was oh like, why? That why is that ending so... Raw? That's gonna that's your ending for a three hour show. Charlotte Flair kicking a referee in the ribs. Like, come on! Like, that's what oh, I'm staying up late for. Oh yeah, for that women empowerment. Yeah, you know, you know, Stephanie Man wrote that fucking shit. But you know, it's terrible. Nobody, nobody gives a fuck about want to see uh, this tranny beat down a fucking ref. It puts a file ref. Nobody gives a fuck about that. that, that that's the, that, that's the closer of a show. We gotta sit through three hours of garbage just to get a closer of of of, of this dude being down the ref. 
Yeah, that's that's what we paid for. But yeah, so reason number ninety two. Random oh, meaningless women's tag team matches. And what I mean by this, you guys know what I'm talking about. We had Nia Jax and Shayda Baszler versus Lana and Naomi for like eight weeks in a row. It's like some random team. You just put together two women and have a face, Natalia and, and Tamina. Like that that's what we need every single week on Raw. Yeah, that just proved how dried up and useless the tag the women's tag just keep it real. Shouldn't it be a tag team belt to begin with because it's useless. It's not enough depth in the women's division to begin with. And now when you're just throwing together random fucking tag team with, 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 with women that nobody really cares about, and you and you just have these meaningless tag matches that have, that have really no story. Well, they tried to do a story, I guess, with the Alexa Bliss and that uh that fucking Baron Corbin and Drag and Shayna Baszler. When they tried to do that fucking shit, I'm sorry, I hated that fucking shit. By the way, shit was terrible. It was bad. And you got these random tag team matches that's not making it any better. Nobody gives a fuck about the Fart Queen Natalia. And definitely nobody gives a fuck about Shayna Baszler. And, and nobody gives a fuck about um, Tamina. I, I don't know how she even still got a fucking job. But that's what's not the motherfucking point. It's, it's, it's bad altogether. You know, that just goes for Raw. The show is terrible. The show is fucking dog shit. Like, I would rather go outside and roll around in my fucking yard like a fucking dog. And watch this fucking shit for three hours, bro. Like, this shit makes me want to fucking poke my fucking eyes out. And when you got the same fucking shit every fucking week, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a, a bundle of garbage put oh, together. Man. A big-ass ball of fucking garbage put together. And when you involve random t- women's tag team matches, nobody gives a fuck about that shit. Nobody cares. Oh, my God. Yeah. That shit's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Reason 93. 90% of the wrestlers look like jobbers. Like, aside oh. from Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley and Goldberg, whenever he decides to show up, every, no one else really looks like a, what a wrestler used to look like back in the day. Unless I'm missing somebody. I, I could be missing someone, but they're not that I, important. Yeah, I think you got it on. One person that, only people that I care about on, on Raw was Bobby Lashley and Drew. Everybody else fucking sucks. <laughs> like like ninety percent of the rest, like you said, are jobbers, and nobody cares about it. Also, they look like jobbers. That that's just how bad it is. Nobody to care about, and everybody looks like shit. Yeah, you that's got Randy Orton's there. He looks. Oh good. yeah, oh yeah, Randy Orton. Well, yeah, he's teaming with Matt Riddle. So you know, I forgot. You made me forget all about Randy Orton because he got him teaming with with a, a a fucking um a guy with a foot fetish. But yeah. I guess you got that. But yeah, you got what, what are the rising stars on Raw? Matt Riddle looks like the guy that played Shaggy in the Scooby Doo movies. <laughs> oh, exactly. A, a guy that wears flip flops with no shoes. He comes to the ring with flip flops and, and, and he wrestles with no shoes. That's what we got to look forward to on three hours. This, this is what we this is what we t- we're spending our time watching. A oh, guy yeah. wrestles with no shoes. Exactly. Then you got the other guys, Ricochet. Um, who else? Cedric Alexander. All these small guys. Drew Gulak that show up on Raw. Angel Garza, they don't look like stars. They look like they look, they look like enhancement talent that Rick Rude would have beat up back in 1990. That's what they would have been. They would have been given this TV time. This has proved the current ever. They would have not been given this TV time. They would have literally been on heat, jobbing out probably. Oh, yeah. most likely, they would have been jobbing the fuck out, bro. Exactly. Now, yeah, 94. The 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 interviews they're just so generic and bland. You had like Kayla Braxton or whatever Charlie Caruso. She comes up, she's got like Seth Rollins in the back, and she's like, So Seth, tell me about those DMs you read from Aaliyah Murphy. And Seth's like, Yeah, I read DMs. I read DMs, guys. Like, there's no there's nothing interesting going on in interviews. Ever since like punk left, I would say. Yeah, I I do I swear I, I, majority of the interviews that happens nowadays, I don't pay attention to them. 
Literally, I don't. I get on my phone as soon as it gets to it. That's how bad it is. Like, you know, you you went from guys like Mean Gene. Hell, even the coach had more personalities with these interviews back in the day with The Rock and shit. Nowadays, you get a generic fucking interviewer with a bland, boring wrestler talking. Like, how the fuck are you supposed to care? Yeah, you get Cesaro being like, oh, the management doesn't believe in me. And Caleb Braxton's like, oh, wow. Okay, back to you, Michael Cole. <laughs> There's nothing. There's just nothing there. It's just like a fucking bland fucking void of, of dog shit. There's nothing there. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just it's just bad television. It's just a bad segment altogether with these lame backstage interviews. You know what I'm saying? Especially when they tried to at WrestleMania, when they tried to do those interviews by themselves. Oh my god, that shit was downright fucking atrocious. But yeah, yeah I, I, I was there live. I, I'm like in the concession stand trying to get food. And I'm watching Seth Rollins with his drip on getting interviewed by Caleb Braxton. Like, why, why would any, who wants to see this? You know, nobody, nah, nobody tunes in to see these boring, bland interviews. They're terrible, bro. They just add more trash to the show. Absolutely. Then, yeah, 95. The baby faces suck. I'm pretty sure I have this as another reason, but who cares? I had this earlier on, but whatever. The baby faces suck. I get you got Drew McIntyre as a baby face, and that's really it. On Raw, like Rhea Ripley is supposed to be a babyface, I guess. But. Yeah, man. Well, I, I, what happened to those type of babyfaces that you cared about? Like, you don't get that anymore. You don't get these good babyfaces. Like, you know, like I can't really name a really great babyface nowadays in wrestling. I I, I, I can't because there's not no really no good ones. You know what I'm saying? It's same with the heels. You know, so I guess that's the necklace too, right? That's '96 too, right? Yep. You no, know, the bad heels. Want to get to that? We'll tie it in together. '95, '96 together, right? Like, you don't get no good heels. You don't get no... Like, okay, the best heel W right now currently, we all know who it is. You already know who it is, right? Do I even have to say it? Who's the best heel in W right now? Uh, you don't have to say it. We all know. We, we, we all know who it is, We acknowledge right? him. We know who it is, okay? So, you know, if you that's, that's pretty sad that that's the, that's, that's the best heel in WWE. Because that's because there's no deaf in heels nowadays. Especially when it comes to the faces, there are a lot of boring, bland fucks. They're just there. I'm high. I'm 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 a babyface number one. Oh, I'm babyface number two. Oh, I'm 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 gonna be a champion. Oh, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. I I've been busting my ass. I've been doing this. It's the same shit every fucking time. I'm so fucking sick and tired of hearing that. I busted my ass. I did this. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna beat them. I'm gonna win. Like bro, that is no good stuff. Like sympathetic babyfaces that you get anymore. And you don't, you don't get no true badass heels that make you really want to hate them. You don't get that anymore. No, there isn't. Like, when you look at heels, you got, what? You got Roman Reigns is the heels. Then that's about it. Like, Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks, I guess, are babies' faces to an extent. But they're, yeah. like, not that over. You know, they're not as over as, like, Trish and Lita were. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, the fucking crowd reactions to when those women came out back then compared to the women nowadays. Shit! Want to t- when they nigga- people trying to say we evolved? <laughs> <laughs> oh my fucking god! Oh yeah, that's another video. That's another video for a different day. So I, I oh, just oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh yeah, put me on that. I will be happy to do that with you. Oh yeah, I will be happy. Oh yeah, motherfucker, I will be happy to do that with you, my boy. Oh yeah, you love to see oh, it. Yeah, so stay oh, tuned yeah. for that one. Yeah, I love to see it, Michael. Yeah, man. Oh, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> so so reason 97 edge is on smackdown that's just one reason why raw sucks they don't have stars and edge is one of those if you if you put edge on raw that would give me a reason to, to at least like check out raw for like a half hour yeah when, when Edge was feuding with randy orton on raw i was actually entertained by it because at least he's an entertaining guy 
Edge can make mostly anything entertaining, really, in my opinion. You know, and when they when they took him off Raw, that just devoided any of the star power they actually had there. Edge was literally the, the last remaining star power that was actually making me entertained when he was there. Now, now he's on SmackDown, and there's literally no stuff. Okay, one person you got on Smack, I mean, on Raw, Bobby and Drew. That's about it. But that's honestly not enough, in my opinion, to keep me entertained. And now with the lack of Edge, now he's on Raw. He's, you know, at least you got guys like Roman and Edge there together, right? Yeah. Now he's on SmackDown. Raw is just like a void. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just a, a black hole. Yeah. No, you know, I, I just realized this. I had it, I had it written down weird. So reason ninety eight is lack of edginess. So th- there's no edginess on Raw. It's zero. It's all clean cut. Just they're walking the line. Just not trying to piss anyone off. Not trying to do anything wrong. It's just a generic show now. Yeah, and well, I say like 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 this. I can say this right now. Might as well tie this in with ninety nine too because it goes together. It's a lack of edge in this PG. It's like a kids show. It's like, like y'all, you've been seeing those fucking segments. Like, you know, we had the one with the slime with Braun when he was there. You got fucking Shayna Feudal with a fucking doll. A fucking doll. <laughs> what oh. the fuck is I'm, is I'm watching PBS Kids? What the fuck am I watching? Yeah, she's like yelling at the doll. Like, like what? Like, what, is this Sesame what? Street? Is this Sesame Street? Motherfucker, what the fuck elbow at? Is he the, what, what that motherfucker that be in the trash can? Like, what is this fucking shit? Like, dude, when I'm watching, like, when I used to watch this shit back in the day, it used to be a show for her thoughts. It used to come out during their midnight time, okay? Come on, you see guys like The Rock, you see guys like Stone Cold, guys like Taker, you seen real men. It was a more, you know, when the show was, you know what I'm saying, illustrated as an adult orientated program. Now, when you turn on this shit today, you feel like you're watching Sesame Street. It's, it's pretty sad. It's no edginess. There's no grime to it. I guess when they had Raw Underground, that was their their attempt to try to add some grime to the show, but that failed terribly. It just it's no grime to it. It felt like a kid's show. In a wrestling show that's supposed to if you your, your main guys you just try to target is, is adults, not children. And you know, when, when you're trying to force feed us childish garbage, they're not helping the product whatsoever, trying to force feed people that shit. Because nobody gives a fuck about kids' shows. And with all that being said, last but certainly not least, reason 100, the final reason why Raw sucks, Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. Oh, oh uh, please. My enough of these two. Like, I, Ooh, I was watching yeah. Raw with, with my parents one day, like a month ago or two months ago, and they were like, like, is that, a, they were like, my mom was like, is that a man talking about Shayna Baszler? And I'm like, uh, no, that's a woman. And then Nia Jax, and then she's like, what is that? I'm like, oh, that's Nia Jax. She's like, who is she? Like, she, what, what did she do? She sit on all the wrestlers and pin beat them? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, oh, turn, she's like, turn this off. This is terrible. Oh, that's what people think. That's what people think. You, you bring these ugly she-hawks and trannies and fat whales on the TV screen. This is what people think. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, there's too much of Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax's Nobody wants to see He-Man and Landwell. You know what I'm saying? Nobody wants to see these motherfucking bitches. They're boring as hell. They're terrible. And plus, when you're trying to, you know, fucking put them in storylines, it doesn't make it any better. It's terrible. (laughs) It's too (laughs) much. I don't want to see these motherfuckers. I'm tired of looking at She-Hawks. What happened to the hot women on my TV screen? Why we got to see fucking men? 
you got Raw being built around Nia Jackson putting Lana through the announce table for like a month oh. and a half. Like, what is that, bro? Like, what is? Nobody wants to see that shit. Nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares about that shit. That's garbage. Nia really never hit, never did anything in her career to, to make me care. Same with Shayna. Ever since Shayna been called up, I never cared about her to be like him. Love that is to begin with. I don't understand what's their place. I don't know. I don't understand why the fuck they was even holding belts. Yeah, why? Why they, they have a twenty minute match at WrestleMania? Really? Like why? Not, nobody cares about Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. Nobody cares about He Man. Nobody cares about Landwell. And, and just the truth. Oh my that, god! Just the truth, man. It is. It is. Well, well. Thank you, Jay. Thank you for doing this for closing out the video. I really oh yeah, that's cool, you, man. That's cool. Any fucking time, man. That's your. That's y'all hundred reasons why we're all fucking sucks. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yeah. sir. And yeah, so I mean, shout out to everyone that's been on the video. And yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed it. And we'll talk to you on the next one. Yep.